Welcome back to the pod. We have an awesome, awesome episode today. I'm so excited because we recently, in the history of this pod, we've had two YouTubers on already. We had Harrison Neville, who okay. is a sneaker, sneaker YouTuber. Uh, he's pretty big in that sneaker hype beast space. And then we recently had Steve the Gamer on. Oh, you had Steve. Yeah. And he does um, gaming with GTA. So we have a lot guys. of role play stuff. Correct. And now we have Do It With Dan. Hello. And if I had to explain what Dan does on YouTube, I couldn't do it. Really? Because you do everything. Okay. It is in the name for sure. Yes. You know, whatever I'm doing, <laughs> I want to do it. Um, because the other guys have their niche. They do exactly what they do, right? Harrison does sneakers. That's all he does. Steve does gaming and mostly GTA, and that's pretty much all he does. He does a little bit of car stuff, but he uh, mostly sticks bit. to the, yeah, for sure. You do whatever the hell you want. Yes. I do. Why? Because I hate the YouTube, like the the classic like YouTube, like I do the, I do the one thing that falls into my little category. I've always hated that. Like I, I always say that I'm the worst YouTube ever because like my consistency is all over the place. I don't have a schedule. I don't have a team. I record all the videos. I edit all the videos. I pump them out whenever I can, whenever I feel like it. And like, I figured that that's the best way to keep happy because as you know, doing anything for a long period of time, you eventually fucking hate it. Right. And I've been doing this for 10 years and there's been many a times where I fucking hate it, where it's just like exhausting. And, um, rather than sticking to the things and doing the things that I don't want to do, I just do kind of whatever I want to do. And then if people want to watch, they can. Because one would argue that if you stuck to a niche, because you, I'm, when I first found you, you were doing, I want to call it moto vlogging. Yes. Yeah. It was like my bread and butter. And if you stuck to doing just that, you'd probably be even bigger. Maybe. So like the reason I stopped doing it is because it was getting old. You can only like say so many things on a motorcycle, right? And no offense to my counterparts, like a lot of the other big moto vlogging channels, they kind of, they died off because even though that a lot of my fans, I hate using the word fan, but a lot of my viewers still want to watch it. Um, it's not as entertaining as it once was. So like some of these bigger channels that did it consistently have just died off because they can't, they can't do it anymore. It's like, what's the point, I guess. So you've decided that you're going to do whatever the fuck you want to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's amazing. Yeah. I, I, I have a good time <laughs> doing it. That's the most important thing is that like, I don't even treat it like a business anymore. Like I used to, I treat it as like a hobby that happens to pay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sometimes like, you're right. If I wanted to, if I wanted to make it venturous, if I want to make money at it, I would have stick to a niche and then followed suit. But like, I, I just can't. Because that's the hardest part about YouTube, right? Is that they say if you want to grow, they YouTube wants to know exactly what they're gonna get from you. Mm -hmm. That way, if they promote it, they know who to promote it to, and they know exactly what they're promoting. Mm -hmm. And it's good for the advertisers because mm -hmm. they know exactly what they're getting into. You throw a whole wrench in that, and you say, eh. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to do it my way. Well, like, have you ever seen a video that's like completely, let's say, because I know you're really heavy in, ooh, I know you're really heavy into cars. Mm -hmm. I know that's a big thing. But you ever like watch a woodworking video out of nowhere and uh, it just grabs you by the freaking yeah. seat of your pants and yeah, you're yeah. like, oh, that looks so cool. Oh, he's using epoxy now. Oh, he's, <laughs> oh, and he's sanding the wood. And like, you just, like, you've never wanted to just like, I, I can fucking do that. Like, you've never like branched out and been like, I can do that. All the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so like I just every time I saw something, whether it was like a certain car or a certain motorcycle or like something that someone was making, I was like, and it, this is the delusional part about me. I'm like, I can make that. I can do that. And then I try it and I just record the process. So it's like, 
at least I'm not wasting time doing the stuff that I want to yeah. learn. You know, at least you get to record it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think that's the most interesting thing about you, though. It's it's that you are so unapologetically you. It's so weird that you say that. That's what Laura, my fiance, that's what she says about me all the time. Really? That's like her phrase. She's uh -huh. like, just be unapologetically you. Because, like, you know this. If you build a fan base or a viewership base around, like, a certain thing and you hate the certain thing, eventually people are going to know that you hate the certain thing. Yes. It's not going to be good. Yes. Yeah. So you just drive it in the ground. I mean, I think it's funny because a lot of YouTubers join YouTube because they want to be independent. And then in the long run, they have a job. Yeah. That they exactly. Hate. Exactly. That's <laughs> you it. Know? You don't want this to be a job. You want it to be something that's like fun and makes you money. And you can tell, you know, when these YouTubers start to burn out, you get that feeling that this guy just doesn't want to do this anymore. How many same videos could you possibly make? And, uh, and that's why I was so excited to have you on because you are just you. And I think we need more of that these days. I, dude, I totally agree. And, and like I, I watch, it's been a minute since we've caught up and mm -hmm. I definitely want to ask you a bunch of shit about what you've been up to, you know, but, uh, it's just like trying to make content, you know how it is the rat race of like trying to keep up with it. It fucking sucks sometimes. Yeah. So like just being able to do whatever you want and then like I'll wake up at noon and smoke a little bit of pot <laughs> and then I'll go fucking work on a bike or like, you know, cut orders for the week. You know, it's like, it's a great way to live, I think. So then let me ask you, what got you into YouTube to get begin with? Like, how'd you even get into it? Uh, I started my first YouTube channel in 2006. Hmm. It, YouTube was created in 2005, I believe. It was either 2005 or 2006. And I, from that moment on, I knew that I just wanted to make content. That's That's all it was, whether it was recording like, I had like an AR-15 when I was a kid and I was like 15 or 16 years old, you know, so I recorded some stuff of that and I did a lot of video game stuff and I knew that I always wanted to do content. I just didn't know how. It was the cheapest and easiest way to like, I, video effects, that's how it started, which is what I really wanted to do was like movie effects. And even early on, there was like some YouTube channels like Freddie W, uh, now Corridor Digital, Rocket Jump Studios, all them who showed you how to do like these amazing movie effects, you know? Mm -hmm. and did you grow up watching like action films and you're yeah, like, oh man, you did, did you ever record like a really crappy one on like a, like a beta camera or like your phone where you like, you know, like stupid muzzle flash effects. Like that's what I wanted to do. But like having the resources in tech was really hard. Um, I think when I was in high school, we used to make like, um, like fake Kung Fu movies. F Kung Fu movies? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, what type of like Kung Fu movies are we talking? Are we talking like Shaolin soccer? Or are we talking like. No, just like movies in general where like you do choreography and you fight and then we try to get different angles and and uh, add some sound effects to it. We, we did a lot of that. I did a lot of that when I was in high school. I do we have any fun. footage of those? Can we pull I, those up? I wonder if I could ever find it. I have no idea where that went because that was before the internet then. Okay. And uh, so we were recording them on like tapes. <laughs> like, like camcorders like, like oh like my camcorders. gosh like shoulder mount VHS tapes <laughs> exactly you know Jesus. not even shoulder mount just like little handhelds <laughs> you know so I don't even know where those went I would pay to see those I would love to see <laughs> some like Kim like high school action films <laughs> I there are a few of those around somewhere if they if they survived who knows it was a it was a while ago um, I think ultimately though what back on the the subject was the one that made me want to start my current channel I, I've had like three or four channels that have all rose and failed immediately, you know, kind of deal. Just, I think, I think Dude with Dan was like my fifth or sixth channel and, um, which it went from like video games to movie effects, but mostly video games. Cause it was easy. And I was a kid. Um, I saw a guy's video named Jake, the garden snake who did moto vlogs okay. and all he had was a GoPro on his helmet and he went around riding and talking shit about things and crazy still friends with Jake to this day, by the way, he's a great guy. You should, you should check out his page. 
Um, and like, I was like, I got to get a bike, you know, like, so I, I spent every dollar I could to buy a motorcycle and, uh, kind of went through a couple different bikes until I found one. And, uh, then I started doing it and it was just like right time, right place on this one. And it was, um, kind of dangerous for a while too. Oh, incredibly. You, you had a lot of accidents. I think, that. I think maybe four or five bad ones. I broke both my feet. I've broken both my hands, a couple of ribs, my neck at one point. Yeah. But most of those, some of those weren't even motorcycle related. Actually, now I think about it, I don't, I don't know when the neck one happened. They still don't know. Um, I think the most dangerous thing was being ignorant. I used to, man, my old videos, I mean, yeah. like, I used to like wheelie my motorcycle <laughs> and stand up on the back pegs, like no rear brake on the, You're supposed to have a handbrake, you know, for if you're doing stunts. None of that. Didn't know anything about that. I didn't wear jackets or gloves. I wore like flip flops, dude. I was such a piece of shit. <laughs> like, why do you think that was? What made you, was it just being young and brash? And or? dumb and broke. Like I couldn't <laughs> afford gear. I was a college student. I bought a yeah. motorcycle because it was cheap to get back and forth to college. And I just used the videos as a way to vent, you know, like, oh, yeah. you know how it is. You get behind a car on the highway and you're like, Motherfucker! you know, and I think that's why people started watching it because you were saying what people are thinking. Yeah, maybe, maybe like a, a certain level of like, I brought a lot of like young angsty men, like yeah. <laughs> young boys that were like my age, like teenagers and, and young adults who were just like filled with testosterone oh. and no way to release it. So, just pent up. <laughs> yeah, go out and on, do wheelies on my dumb sport bike yeah. and, and loop it out and break my feet, you know. <laughs> do you still ride? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't ride the way I used to. Though. Not like that though. No, I wear gear. I don't do wheelies. <laughs> After my last accident, I broke my ankle. And uh, no more. Wheelies just aren't for me. You know, people are built different. So I got the idea to reach out to you when you made a recent video about selling your C8, C8 Corvette. That's right. That's when you messaged me was was about the C8. Yeah, I was, I, it just happened to pop up my feed. And I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this. Why is Dan selling a C8? If I felt like you really loved that car. I still do. And you said something in it, um, something along the lines of, that you didn't like the way it made you feel. Yeah. That it made you feel maybe more important than you were or made you feel richer than you are. Or it was something along those lines. Yeah. Um, and that having that car makes you almost feel a certain way to other people. And, and you know, I, I had the Lamborghini for a while and I could totally relate because I feel like it had me feeling that same way. You know, sometimes... Someone will come up and maybe they have a cool car, but not as cool. I'm like, mm. and I was like, dude, I'm being a fucking douche. I can kind of feel it. You feel did And you, so you felt like you had the car and like, that's why you enjoyed it was because it made you feel a certain kind of way. Not because you enjoyed the car itself. I bought the car because I enjoyed the car and I wanted the car. Cause you had I wanted a, a hurricane. I did. Yeah. But after a while it became like more, less about having fun with the car and then kind of, what that car represents about who I am. And all of a sudden you start feeling a certain way towards people. And I don't know. I didn't like that feeling. I, it took a while to realize that I was being like that and I was being that person. Uh, but once it kind of become, I became aware of it, I was like, damn, I don't know, man, that's not me. Right. I'm like a simple guy. Yeah. Know? I like simple things. No, I feel you on that. Absolutely. Uh, like, and I don't want to compare the Corvette to the the, the Lamborghini because obviously the Lamborghini is like a much cooler car. Like, I don't know. Be that, real. that Corvette, 
outside right now is it's pretty damn cool. That's right. I still have it. And I, <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm still tussling on whether or not to sell it. I've pulled the ad down for like a couple of days at least because I want to think about it. But yeah. yeah, you're right, man. It's like, like, it is still a Corvette. Like at the end of the day, I, I recognize, but I, I live, you and I both live in small towns in Georgia. Like there's not much where I live. I had the coolest car in my neighborhood, which is subjective, but in my opinion, you know, and like anytime you go to the gas station, people are like, oh, dude, that's so cool. What is it? You know, is it a, is it a Ferrari? Is it a Lamborghini? And it's like, oh, no, it's a Corvette. But then that starts to become your norm. So like I think I remember at one point I passed like a group of construction workers and I just expected them to look at me yeah, and yeah. like be like, ooh, nice car. And they did it. And I was like, look at these fucking assholes. They <laughs> fucking don't think my car is cool. Who, who the fuck do they think they are? And that was kind of like an ego check. I was yeah. like, dude, I'm just some kid who has a cool car you know like chill the fuck out i'm not a i'm not a millionaire i don't own a crazy business i'm not super cool or wealthy or popular like i'm some kid with a a nice car you know and then it was kind of like oh shit i realized that i'd let the car kind of become what i would feel like is like a a personality you know and uh it was pretty cringe almost becomes your identity yeah like who is this guy and the truth be told like on top of that like my viewership doesn't give a fuck about it. Like, it's like they can't even relate to it because it's not a manual, it's not a front engine, it's not a Camaro or Mustang, which I totally get. Like, and it got to the point where I I didn't enjoy the car because it was a great driving car, which it is. Like, you know, mid-engine, it's fucking like like on rails, right? You can't do anything wrong. No, it's it makes you feel like, that's another part, it makes you feel like a good driver, (laughs) right? It makes you feel like a better driver than you are, but... Apparently, you're a very good driver. I mean, I, I did take the school. I just recently, and that was part of me being like, okay, asshole, I need to get out of my get out of my comfortness and like accept the fact that I have a lot to learn. And then I did the school, which was, I recommend everybody take a, a driving school like that, a racing school, if you plan on driving your car hard, for sure. You recently did a driving school at Amp. Through, um, there's a company called Primal. They have a bunch of SR1s. Is it SR1s? I think it's SR1s. The Radicals, you know, purpose-built track cars and they are badass hayabusa motors you know chain driven and they'll do like maybe only 130 that's like about where they top out at but you know that track it's it's like a mile and a quarter long but it feels like three miles very technical and they will whip you into shape and tell you how to take apexes and where to break and like the transfer of weight that was a big one the braking the transfer of weight and being in a downforce car it was so much fun but it was like a big ego check like you thought you were here because you have a very nice car and it drives fast. Bro, you are way down here. You have so much room to improve. Real yeah. humbling, you know. Do you think you'll um, maybe build a race car now? Now that you've been through kind of this experience? Well, since I, I work with AMP, I, that's kind of like the goal is like I'd like to do main track stuff. So one of the reasons I was selling the Corvette is because I was going to build more of like a, a track dedicated car. But after now that I'm kind of over the idea of like the C8 being a flashy, cool car for me, I think that I'm going to drop the carbon fiber wheels. I'm going to put on some like 19s with some like really meaty tires. I think I'm going to track that bitch. I'm thinking that's that's kind of where my head's at. That's what I'd like to do. It's that track is hard for yeah, for fast top end cars cuz it's yeah. just not enough room. So it's just you're constantly stuck in like second and third gear on that court on you that got track. chicanes, you got carousels, you got like two really challenging turns. And like we were there with a bunch of racers, like people who compete and doing our class. They were they were taking it because the track is so technical. They're like, I think I can learn here. And um, even then they were like, what the fuck is this track? <laughs> it is so intense. I feel like 
it's something like a like a small Miata or something. Would have yes, more, you'd have more fun there. They have like a, a class. Oh, I've seen a lot of minis, mini coopers. Mini there. coopers. Yeah, yeah. I could see how that would be fun. Like anything that's like medium horsepower but handles really good. I think like you're saying, like a Miata. I was thinking like an S two thousand would be that dope. Would be I saw one on the way here, and I was like, oh, that would be so cool on the track, you know? Yeah, I, I quite enjoy doing the track. You should come up sometime. We do some go-karts. That's like my main. Like, I'm doing more main truck stuff, more main track stuff now that um, it's pretty much just me and my buddy Gavin up there doing a lot of the videos. So, uh, yeah, that's it. And then, um, so now I want to do more main track stuff because he's doing a lot of main track stuff, too. And like I still have the cart. I'm still doing the karting. Have you ever ridden like a, a race cart before? Yeah, I've done the go karting up at Amp a couple of times. But have you done the racing cart? Like a K one hundred, like a two stroke? No. Dude, it'll change your it'll change your Dude, whole life. Whatever they have there that you rent is like fast enough. <laughs> yeah, those will do about fifty five. Yeah. The fifty five in the straights, but the one I have, which Because I've I, hit I, that wall on the first turn. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. talking about which turn? You're talking about the very first one you make the big U turn. Oh, the big carousel looking yeah. thing? Yeah. 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 They they have I have a, a go kart. It's an automatic. It's a step or two below a shifter, but it'll do about eighty in the straights. Yeah, it's a K one hundred. Man, you should you would love it. It's like the the first time you take a turn with it, you're like, what the fuck is this thing? So on YouTube, mm. you at some point said you feel like you were being shadow banned. Oh yeah, all the time. Why? Uh, this depends. Like on on certain topics, especially like with firearm content. Like mm. a couple of my buddies, like Brandon Herrera, he does he does a lot of AK stuff, and he gets he gets kicked all the time. I remember I met you and you at the um, the gold AK. Yeah, I still I still got that thing. <laughs> still yeah, the gold AK. Yeah, that's that was going through the whole like I'm a YouTuber, so I have to have flashy shit thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, that everyone a, goes. I need a gold AK forty seven. Yeah, that, and I was like, I was working with a company called um, uh, Titanium Titanium Gun, and it was the first AK they'd ever done. It's uh-huh. it's not actually gold; it's titanium nitrite, which yeah. is like it's you can't use regular you can use regular gold if you gold plate it, but it'll flake off if you shoot it. So I was like, I want to be able to shoot the gun. They're yeah. like, we got it. So <laughs> they helped me with the the polishing and getting it all done in gold. And you can shoot that thing until it's glowing red hot and it'll still look gold when it's done. That's crazy. Yeah. It's like a gassing process. It's yeah, really yeah. neat. But yeah, I went through that whole like, you got to have flashy shit as a YouTuber. I had a GTR at the time. Every mm-hmm. YouTuber has had a GTR, yeah. right? I was like, yeah, look at my gold AK and GTR. So then what's the future of Do It With Dan? Oh man, I don't know if I want to talk about this on stream, but I'd like to make this my last year of really? doing it full time. Yeah. Not I don't want to stop doing it. I still mm-hmm. want to upload, but I would much rather like run my business. I have a small metal fabrication business where I make like license plates and keychains and stuff like that. I'd rather that become more of my thing because there's a lot more like reward in that. And I'm also not like stuck to an algorithm and like trying to figure out what like the next it's hard to compete there's so many like big dudes out there like yeah. whistling diesel he makes insane yeah insane content and there's there's a bunch of other car youtubers and motorcycle youtubers and gun youtubers that are really good at what they do that i don't feel like i could offer anything and i don't want to try to compete you know what i'm saying and um i'm just i'd much rather just put my hands to work rather than try to do the youtube grind anymore i'll still do it for sure, but I think that's ultimately what I like to do is finish building my brand and get my business up and running and explore that while still doing cool content on the side. I mean, it's so hard to walk away. It's impossible. Because, <laughs> mm. I mean, like I've been doing it now, like I said, for, for 10 years, so it's not like I can just up and go get a job tomorrow. Yeah. That would I couldn't do that. I would be awful at it. I'd yeah. be miserable. 
imagine like sitting down and it's like, what's this big 10 year gap in your resume? You're like, oh, I was just smoking weed and playing video games and building stuff for like 10 years. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe the guy that hiring you is um, watches your video. And that, be like, you think that would get me hired? I think yes, that would probably no. turn them away. I think you'd be surprised on what gets people hired. I guess if it was like something in the industry, like if I was going to like a motorcycle company, but even then, I'm not sure I'd want to work for... Because you have such a... Um, people really trust your voice. That was That's oh. something that I've noticed. Even when I sometimes see a video and I scroll through the comments, the amount of people that kind of resonate with what you say, your point of view, I feel like you really touched the entire generation of people growing up. And to just walk away from it, I mean, I feel like there's going to be a lot of people heartbroken. And that's why I don't want to walk away from it because like, it's like, how do you build something up over the course of 10 years and then just decide you're done with it? Like, I don't want to say a legacy. I don't think what I do is considered like, you know, legendary or anything like that. But there is a lot of, it's kind of actually terrifying how people be like, I watched you when I was in middle school and like, I bought a bike because you, I'm like, dude, that is like, don't put that evil on me. If something happens, your mom's going to kill me, dude. I don't want to, I don't want to be a part of that. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to walk away from it. I just want to like. I definitely want to change the way things are going because it's not healthy long term. You know, it's like with a regular job, you get done with it. and You stop thinking about it. You know, I wake up to use the bathroom in the middle of the night and I can't help but start thinking about like, what's the next step? What am I going to do tomorrow? What's what's the next video going to be like? It's it is not healthy long term for sure. But I think that's what also drives you to be successful, you know, that you actually care about what you do and you're constantly thinking about it versus people who go to work and just clock in, clock out like. You either built for that or you're not, and I don't. I don't think you're built for that. Oh, I can't. I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> you know? After ten years of not working like a nine to five, imagine trying to. I would be. I'd just be the worst employee ever. I'd be like, can you do these today? I'd be like, I just don't really feel like it. Like, <laughs> I'd be a piece of shit. There are probably people watching right now and listening, going, <gasps> "There was probably a collective gasp of the idea that Dan may be leaving YouTube." Yeah, I, and I, I don't want to say YouTube as a platform, most possibly, because like, mm. you know, it's it, crazy. Out here. Yeah, especially like I'm not going to put labels on it, but I certainly have like my own particular beliefs. And when I express those beliefs, they sometimes go against the grain. And it's not as simple as like the platform just disagreeing with it as much as they just don't want you to put it on there. You know, there's a couple other platforms that are. Is it Rumble? Rumble. Rumble. That's a big one right now. I'm, I'm split on Rumble. Because they make it seem like it's big and they are throwing money around to try to attract people to come. Who owns it? That's my question. Who uh, owns Some Rumble? company out of Florida. Okay, so it's American owned. It, it's American That company. is good. Yeah. The problem with Rumble is that they do a lot of marketing, so it makes it seem like it's big, but their audience is probably like 0.5% of well, yeah. YouTube. For sure, YouTube is the biggest. It's owned by Not Google. It's the, it's the <laughs> biggest platform where you can express it. That and Facebook. Yeah. But Facebook, what I heard is is if worse, if not, it's it's bad, if not worse, for that kind of stuff. Facebook is bad. YouTube is bad. But I feel like there's a shift. For example, we've done a couple episodes recently talking about COVID, and well, it used to be. Yeah. Say two years oh, ago, yeah. you could you couldn't even say the word. Otherwise, you get put on a like a list and flagged. Correct. But now you can have the conversation. I think Elon Musk buying Twitter made a big change because he is out there going, okay, you can have free speech. You can talk about whatever you want. And now if you censor everyone, then you seem so censored. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. you have something to compare it to. Before, there was no comparison. So everyone was doing it at the same time together. So you, people who are censored didn't even realize they were censored. Right. Because everyone was. 
But now that you have a free speech op- option, people are forced to kind of allow more because we can say COVID, 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 COVID. And, <laughs> COVID. You know, and like, it's okay now. So I think there's a shift to come back. I think um, the country itself is looking for more open discussion and dialogue. Um, so I think, I don't think YouTube is hopeless. I think they shift according to what the advertisers want. And the advertisers are like, look, like there's a lot of people going to one side of the discussion now that we didn't realize because they were all censored. And they're being quiet too. Like I know that I had been incredibly reserved during all of COVID because like I knew I that did. my opinions were very different than what the MSM was, was promoting and what would get censored. Did you see today that Tucker Carlson is leaving Fox News? Really? For what? No, is he's not like I'm going to CNN. He's not. He's not flipping the script. He they, I they on Friday. I watched a clip of him. Whatever on Friday, and he said, "See you guys on Sunday." I mean, see you guys on Monday, and then today the news is, Tucker and Fox News have parted ways. Oh man, I wonder if he's going to go to his own own platform. I don't know. He could, he could go to his own platform and do his own thing if he wants. Are you a Tucker Carlson fan? I am. I think he. He's one of those guys that went on the internet over the last gonna, couple years. You're not going to sign in, Will? <laughs> He's one of those guys that went on the internet over the last couple years during COVID and started speaking out to what the mainstream news was. And because of that, he became probably the most popular newscaster in the world over over that time. Yeah, he definitely has some some very, I would say, controversial opinions about stuff. I just like anyone that's willing to speak out publicly against the establishment and the mainstream narrative. Yeah, anybody that's willing to, like, this is what I believe, regardless if I agree with it or not. Exactly. It's the American way, you know. If, if I don't agree with it, cool, but you still have the right to say it. Exactly. You know? And he may say some shit that's out there, but I like that he was doing it. Oh, it's come after a settlement of $787 million. Did you see that? Is it they can't afford him anymore? No, no. They um, Dominion, the voting machine... A company, they sued Fox News, and Fox News settled with them for seven hundred eighty-seven million dollars. Oh my God! So after that, um, something happened. So was uh, that about the um, the the false votes, or or the yeah, alleged false uh, votes. alleged? Sorry, that, that's one. I don't want to get you sued. <laughs> All right, I don't want to get you yeah, sued. Yeah, the alleged, the alleged, alleged, alleged stolen yeah. election. Okay, allegedly, allegedly stolen. Election. Allegedly stolen. Eighty election. million votes. Eighty one million. Eighty one million. Eighty one million. It keeps million. going up. It's crazy. It's no, like it's they keep finding them. Eighty two. Eighty two. Yeah, maybe eighty two and a half. Eighty three now. Yeah. Um, I just got a text. Eighty five. <laughs> eighty five. Yeah, that's one of those things that you're not allowed to say. These okay, days. so we're not even going to include that, probably. Yeah, no, okay, no, no, damn. we'll include it. Oh, okay. It's all alleged. Okay, alleged. Yeah. He is not associated. I'm not associated. <laughs> <laughs> so there are a few oh, things God. that YouTube is still against. Um, but I don't know. He's gone. Um, and I thought that was interesting. I don't know if he's going to go to his own platform. Maybe he'll get 100 or 200 million dollars from Rumble, from Spotify, maybe, Man. go the Joe Rogan route. But whatever he does, if if he would let me invest in what he does, I would invest. Really? Yeah, because he's the biggest. Okay. And people trust him. And imagine an unfiltered Tucker Carlson on the internet. I can't imagine because, you know, like Fox News is supposed to be the more rightward swinging. Correct. Right? And I would say that Tucker Carlson is fair in the way he... He's not as hard right as you would think. Him and I, even him and I have disagreeing opinions Correct. on certain things. Um, not like we're friends or anything, but I'm just saying like, you know, the way he, he words things. So um, 
it'd be interesting to see what like an unfiltered and un unrestricted version of him would be like. I watched a podcast with him on um, Full Send podcast with the Nelk Boys. Oh, okay, all right. He, he did like an hour, hour and a half with them. I need to watch that. That's a good one. And he talks about um, a lot of different things. Number one, he's really big on the fact that um, they killed Epstein. He's really big on that. He's like, there's no way to deny that he was murdered. John Epstein was murdered. And that there are people in charge that are so powerful that they were able to get to a guy in the most secure prison in the country and they were able to kill him. Right. That's how powerful these people are. Mm-hmm. He's convinced that's true. Um, he's also convinced that aliens exist. I mean, like, in all <laughs> fairness, if, if we're going to talk about it, me, me three. Yeah. You know, I have to say <laughs> I have to say that I'm convinced as well. Um, that's that that kind of goes deep into like. It, now it's almost like you're a conspiracy theorist if you think aliens don't exist, yeah. depending on who you talk to. <laughs> I mean, the conspiracy theorists have gotten a lot right in the last three years. You know? Like what? I mean, like the fact of where the coronavirus came from. Ah, yes. I did see that. Mm-hmm. Now, it's, oh, are we allowed to talk about that? I think I so. I Once it hits public news, I think it's okay. That I was, think that's the was, way it Was is. it the FBI that they came out and they're like, yeah, it's probably was built in FBI, Wuhan. A lot of people are coming out now and saying it's probably true, which is crazy again because so many people have said it and they said, nope, you can't say that, and you're kicked off the internet. Yeah, you can't say that. But apparently, they were all right. You know who I look towards, and this is going to be a really bad one, I look towards a lot of Alex Jones's stuff. Not <laughs> saying that I believe him on everything. I believe him. There has been, <laughs> there has been, I would say, a majority of things come out in the past four or five years that he said that everyone blew off as like the most insane shit ever has been like, oh, no, actually, that's real. Yeah. You, remember, you remember the frogs gay yeah. episode? He's like, turn the freaking frogs gay. And like a year later, they're like, no, that's true. That's yeah. 100% fact. And everyone's like, well, yeah, but like only a lot, you know? He gets like eight out of 10 things right. And people hold those two things he got wrong, like to him. Well, you have to, but you know? He got eight out of 10 right. You know, and everyone said those eight things were crazy. Like, mm-hmm. it's impossible. But, you know, like 80% is pretty fucking good. That's a good swing. <laughs> You'd pass almost every state. Yeah, every absolutely. Every state test with 80%. B's get degrees. Or no, C's <laughs> did get degrees. He's he's even ahead of my personal mark. He, he's pretty good. I like Alex Jones. But, you know, he's a little, he's a little out there, too. He's a little unhinged. And that's the thing is, like, if to spread a message, you have to either say it violently or just... 10 out of 10 every time, right? You have to be like either batting a thousand or you have to be like a really loud personality in order for people to hear you. But I think that's unfair because if you are an internet personality, um, you're kind of your own channel or your own voice and they expect you to be 100%. But if you're the mainstream media, you can bat 20% and you're considered the news. Yeah, you're like, oh, well, they got 20% (laughs) of it right. There we go. They get it right all the time, 20%. It's like people still trust the weather. You know, that's hilarious that they're like the weatherman goes up and tells stuff. You know, that should that should be a, a key factor, uh-huh. you know, an, an example. And that's a full-time job. Yeah, someone spends all day looking at graphs and go like, it's going to rain today. No. <laughs> Just as likely to be right as wrong. All right. That's a cool-looking notepad you have there. What Thank is, you. Is it digital? It is digital. That is... Uh, I am a prolific note-taker, so I have all these notebooks that I fill over time, right? And I jot notes and I jot notes and I have a boxes in my house, just like all these notebooks. So I found this digital notepad and not a plug. N- not but, advertised. But dude, try, oh dude, try, can I? Write, yeah, try writing on it. 
Just step away from the microphone here. I feel like a child. And try writing on it. Tell me how satisfying that is. Okay, let me... Oh, wow. Yeah. Jesus, this is great. You can really... Oh, this is so smooth. It feels like you're writing on real paper. Can we get a zoom in on that? Is that... <laughs> that's, that's... I'll even sign it. Do not come. <laughs> I'm going to come. Does it work like a... Does it, does it erase too? Oh, my God, it totally does. This is cool. You've just... I'm not a I'm not a good note taker, but I draw. I'm not a good drawer either, but I just that's what I. And then when you let it go, it goes. That is neat. That is neat. So I use this um, because again, I had all these notebooks stacked everywhere, and now like you go digital or whatever else. So I write notes with this and uh, all of this. But I enjoy it. Yeah, helps that me is, out. That is really cool, actually. I'm jealous of that. It, it's just the it's satisfying because it feels like you're writing up. There's something satisfying about taking a pencil or taking a pen and writing on real paper, mm -hmm. you know, and that's kind of going away because we type everything. My handwriting sucks because I'm so used to just typing. Yeah. You know, and my handwriting gets more chicken scratchy every day. You're starting to look like a doctor writing out prescriptions. Yeah. Apparently anyone can do that too. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched another video of yours recently. And you got to find something better to watch, man. I and you, you did something called one of your rants. Oh, no. The 40-minute one? Yes. That oh, was a really good Okay, one. I can be a little bit, since we're on a podcast, I can probably even be a little bit more, like, open about it. Because that was a very reserved video. Oh, dude, don't pull up this guy. Yeah, this guy let, sucks. Just let it run I, in the background. I hate this dude's videos, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> you touched on, like... 15 topics in 40 minutes. That's what I was shooting for. I was just wanted to get a blanket sweep of like random things that I've been thinking about for the past month, which it's a great way to do it, by the way. Do you ride bikes? Are you a no, bike guy? I, I wish. Have you ever ridden a motorcycle? I have not. Oh, man. You got to pick it up. It's, 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 you're, on, you're on two wheels. You're about to die at any moment. It's the best. I feel like it's a life skill that I don't have. Which frustrates me. It's not hard. People people way dumber than you or me do it every day. Oh, I'm married. I have a kid. My wife. That's, and I've, That's a good excuse. It really is. And I'm like, I need a bike. I need to learn how to bike. I said, what yeah. if we're trapped in Costa Rica? There it is. And the only way to escape is a bike. I've got my and, family. Yeah. And, and I got to save everyone. Up. And I can't, we can't get away and we die to the zombies. Honey, get on this jigsaw. We got to get out of here. We got to you know, roll. That's the worst way to die. Yeah. It, it, I think a motorcycle would probably be the most dangerous vehicle to have in an apocalypse scenario because, like, if you breathe on it from the wrong angle, it's going to fall over, you know? And True, but it's, you know... Get in and out of traffic really good. You we, know? we know how slow the zombies are, so... It depends, right? Are you, do you think that zombies are going to be, like, the Walking Dead slow ones, or do you think they're going to be, like, uh, World War Z running? World War Z. <sighs> both of those are, are shit options, I, I think. I think we're going to get a curveball and have both. Oh, maybe really more, fuck you maybe, up. maybe more like um, <laughs> what's the new one? The Last of Us. Maybe more like where it's a little, there's there's like slow ones and then there's like special, you know, the bad ones. I think that makes the most sense. They said that's actually kind of like a, a close thing now. They're saying that the science behind The Last of Us talking about the the mushrooms and the fungi, like all it has to do is adapt to a few more degrees and because the planet's warming up, you know, it's just a just an idea. One day the planet's warming and the next day it's cold. And if you live in Wisconsin, I would suspect that you're pretty happy about the planet getting a little warmer. You'd be like, yeah, it's pretty old. Or like <laughs> yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, you're like, nice. I spent some winters in Minnesota. Minnesota yeah. can get warm. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm it's sure like, they're ecstatic about it. You my know? grandfather used to refer to it as like below. That's how he would refer to the degree. He's like, oh, it's 20 below today. No, that's awful. <laughs> so you made this video. I did. So 
I picked allegedly. out a few things. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. And we allegedly will talk about a couple of things that you said on there. Um, one of the things you mentioned was the idea of masculinity. Ah, this is and a how hot topic that right now. Has changed. Yes. Over time. Do you want me to go into like the whole? My, okay. This is my conspiracy that no YouTube has like enough effort or time for. Okay. So I genuinely think because right now we're in this massive like, and this is gonna this is gonna get hated on from a few communities for sure. So I apologize. I don't mean to offend. I just it's my opinion, and it doesn't mean what you think is incorrect. It's just my idea. So I think right now with a lot of our media, like TikTok and even YouTube, is is heavily controlled by China. We mm -hmm. we know that. And right now, China is gearing up. They're going to take Taiwan. I think yes. we all know that that's going to happen soon, especially with everything that's going on with Ukraine. I, I just think in that China is looking at Taiwan like we're that's ours, right? It's looking juicy right now. And obviously, America would want to intervene. That's kind of like a thing. But I think long term, you know, you influence the media of a nation and you tell them it's OK if you're not a boy. It's OK if you if you're more effeminate, pump them full of estrogen you know, you take away that masculinity factor and then all of a sudden you have a, a whole nation full of soy boys mm. who are easily swayed one way or another via mainstream media. Guns are bad. We don't want guns in this country. And the next thing you know, it's a bunch of pushovers. Which is scary. That is, it is really scary. When I think of like masculinity being attacked, I think it's not, I don't think it's from our own sides. I think it's from politicians that have sold out to big China and they're allowing that kind of stuff to influence our children. So in the next 10 to 20 years, we will be an entire country full of sissies who don't like guns, who don't know how to use weapons, who can't defend themselves, and want the government to take care of all of them. So big bad China is going to come in with their with their debt that we owe them and be like, well, this is ours, you know, and we won't be able to do anything about it. We won't want to do anything about it. So I, I obviously I thought about this a lot also. And I I played this scenario in my head. If you are a person, one of the people in charge of the world or in charge of, you know, the ruling class of people. Because I think we can both agree there's a ruling class and there's everybody else, mm -hmm. right? So if you're part of the ruling class and you've, you kind of adhere to this idea of let your kid be whatever they want. They don't want to deal with it. They don't want to discipline their kids. They don't want to do much for them. Give them everything they want. They want them to be happy, et cetera. And they end up being, we, we, here we use the word um, blue-haired sheepdog. Blue-haired right. sheepdog. They, they okay. decide one day. They say, "I want a blue-haired sheepdog." Okay, right. And now, whoever can, I want to. Can be. you define that for me a little bit? When you think of like blue-haired, are we talking about like the 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 number people with the like the, or the letter people and? It's whoever you want to be, whoever you personally feel like you identify as. Okay. Right. Okay. Not someone in not someone in particular, just the idea that you are who you want because you feel like you are this way. What you identify as, meaning like, would that be under gender, or sexuality, anything? All of it combined. It's just our way of using a catch-all to identify... A blanket term. A blanket term. Gotcha. No group in particular. If your kid ends up a blue-haired sheepdog... <laughs> right? That's, it sounds like such an insulting term. I love it. <laughs> and you're like, okay, I love my kid, and I want them to be accepted. Like every parent would. Exactly. So instead of teaching your blue-haired sheepdog kid to change who they are or accept maybe the repercussions of decisions they've made in their life or um, try to discipline them or try to show them the path that they actually believe in, they try to change the world around them to accept their kid for who they are. Ah, okay. So you think it's more of like a projection kind of deal? Like, Could it be? Okay. Not something that, it's not something that they necessarily even ever believed in. 
it's something that they put out into the world to protect their own. Like I would die for my child, therefore I want the world to accept my child. Correct. And I would rather the world change than my child have to change. I, I would rather change the world than do the really difficult thing, which is try to change my child. That's an interesting concept. It's easier to change the world if you're fucking rich. Yeah, or if you if you have a loud enough mouth, I think a lot of people bend to the will of the 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 vocal minority, if you will. Trying to teach your kid to be different than what they think they are, that's real work. Yeah. Maybe they don't want to do that. Well, it's also scary because like why would you want to put your child through that initially? Like if it, like why would you want to put your child through this the trauma and stress of like my kid don't fit in, mm. so I'd rather I'd rather just the world change than him or her have to, or it or he she win, mm-hmm. whatever. I guess I can see that. I, I don't know. See that I, I had that idea that maybe it's not something intentional, or maybe maybe intentional is not the word, but the idea wasn't to change the world because they believe in a certain way. They're changing the world to be more accepting for their own personal next generation, which then make at least in that case I can understand it. Okay. Right, that you can empathize with that. I can empathize. You, you would want. You said you. I know you have a kid. You said yeah, a boy or a girl, a daughter. Mm-hmm. You'd want the whole world to make sure that your daughter is Correct. safe and happy. See, to me, logically, that makes sense. To change the world and remove all masculinity and remove all independent thinking and to remove the ability to have children and have everyone become whoever they want and kind of create this chaos in the world. That logically doesn't make sense to me, because there's. What what's the end play there? Like no more civilization, right? So logically, that doesn't make sense. Although people make it seem like that's the answer, right? So I try to take a step back. Like, really, why would they even think it? Like, why would you want kids not be born? Why would you want? Who do you think? Who do you think is fighting? Sorry to interrupt. Who do you think is fighting the population aspect? <sighs> you think that's you think that's government? Do you think that's um, self governing? Do you think that's like the people as like? Because I I personally don't want kids, mm-hmm. and for a lot of reasons, most of it is that I'm really selfish. I don't think I'd be a good good father. I I think people who are self aware that they are selfish are the people that should have children. That's the part that sucks, right? Like the smart people should have kids, not Billy Bob with seventeen of them in the double wide. Correct. If you have the ability to self reflect, that just means you care that you care enough where you should be the person having a kid. It's the people that don't self-reflect at all, that think their life is so important mm. over everyone else. And these are the people that are having so many kids. That's main character <laughs> energy. Exactly. Yeah. You know? But I think just the, just the idea that you have this thought proves that maybe you should have kids. Just by. Yeah, I can get behind that entirely. Have you ever seen the movie Idiocracy? Yes. Yeah, it's that's a very good comparison mm-hmm. to where they're, they're talking about the two people who are who are both very smart, and they're like, we're just going to wait for the right time. Maybe yeah. we don't want to have kids in general. And then you got like Bubba over here who's got like 13 <laughs> different forking family trees, you know? Because, you know, there, there are two schools of thought here, right? One school of thought is that we need more people in this world because we don't have enough people to sustain long term. That's what Elon Musk believes. Right, which is, that is so crazy mm-hmm. to me. That, I mean, I don't disagree with it now that I've heard it, but that was just such a mind-blowing, when he said that, I was like, really? Yeah, that most people, most countries don't have enough people sustained that we're not reproducing at a high enough rate. Um, and and the idea is that the reason why the United States is importing so many people is because if the U.S. were to sustain their current birth rate, they would actually not have enough people. So you have to import people 
in order to stay. When you say import, you mean through immigration? Correct. Immigration, illegal immigration, regardless. You have legal to or more, illegal, doesn't matter. You just have to bring people more people coming in. in is good. Correct. Okay. That's the idea. Uh, one side of the idea that you need more people. The other side is that there is limited resources available in this world. And we don't have enough to sustain everyone long term. At least I think a lot of that re- kind of falls down to like commercialism. Like you got to have that second car. Yeah, you really you really need that four bedroom. Mm. You don't you don't need three bedroom. You need four bedroom or like you know I'd like a second truck. I need a second truck. You know like that kind of like I need but I don't need aspect of stuff, which is the American way for sure. But it's um it's a problem throughout the whole world. So there are countries out there who only consume resources but don't provide enough resources back to the global economy. So if there becomes a time in the world where resources are limited, then how do you distribute resources? You can only distribute resources to countries that actually contribute. If you only take, but there's not enough anymore, then all of a sudden you have to start cutting out countries. You're in a deficit. Correct. And then now there's too many people. So there's an idea that there are not enough resources for all the people going, so you have to reduce people in order to sustain life longer. So they're completely opposite ways of thinking, which is why I think there's a huge divide. Yeah, okay. So like, it's not necessarily that we don't have enough people, but we have too many people who are not contributing or where would we fall in the resources? I mean, I know we're... it's not just people. It's resources like energy. Right. Right. Energy, food, grain. Just the the, basics for survival. The three big ones. Yeah, there's not enough to go forward. So we have to either figure out a way to use technology and that's kind of like the Bill Gates side, right? Is that we need to start eating bugs and we need to get off of real meats and things like this because we can't sustain that way. That we need to vaccinate everybody and that we need to get population under control. So that's the Bill Gates model, right? Is that we need to control resources and create enough resources to handle the people that we have and we have too many already. Which is that's already being implicated right now. Yeah, well, Bill Gates himself has bought up a bunch of farmland. You see that's going on, Yeah, which is that is very interesting. My my first thought was like, why would one of the richest men in the world want to control food resources, especially coming from one of the most powerful countries in the world? So you think it's because he wants to kind of adjust where the resources are going and coming from? That's what one would think that his idea is that we need to figure out a way to control resources in order to control the population and therefore um, get people on a more stricter regimen of what they eat, how they do it. So you have, you know, fat, overweight, Bill Gates telling everyone to be healthy. Interesting. <laughs> that is, that is, uh, that is chock full of sarcasm right there. There's a, there's a ton of, there's a ton to break into that. That makes sense though. Cause I've been wondering like why, why on earth would the world's richest man want to buy up farmland if it wasn't to control food supply? You know, so you think that, or at least the idea is that um, he buys up all this farmland, switches up meat, get gets rid of meat, gets people eating um, chemical based foods, uh, bug like? based foods. Bug, I, I know bug is a popular one right now. So if you eat something like an Impossible Burger, yeah. right, it is mostly chemicals. Chemical, like what kind? I don't know. It's made of all kinds of shit. I thought they were made out of like like veggies. Isn't that not what it's? it's like I mean, vegetables? there's some veggies. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Mo- most of it is chemically. It's all man-made produced stuff. So a lot of this um, Impossible Burger, a lot of these other vegan type things that are people are given to eat, not overly healthy for you, to my understanding. Okay. You know, 
why and it's a lot of soy based and then yeah, we get the, soy is that's that's we get the whole estrogen. soy boy thing yeah <laughs> right yeah so you're taking testosterone out of people's diet and you're putting more estrogen in people's diets that's a big one you know you know you know statistically it's proven that the more testosterone that is present the more likely you are to make decisions based on your own versus um the, the more influenced you are by estrogen the more you're more likely to follow and be the word compliant comes to mind, but not even necessarily compliant as much as you are looking to look for a, a leader, if you will. That is, that's an actual proven test too. We had this analogy once on the pod where if you have a children's soccer team and you have a finite amount of orange slices to give to the kids after okay. practice, <laughs> easiest way to solve this problem because everyone will fight over the treat is just have less kids on the soccer team. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, you could get more oranges, but we don't have an abundance yeah, of there, oranges no in oranges, this issue. Exactly. We have too many kids in this situation. Uh-huh. So just, how do you control the population and keep everything level? You know, just execute a couple of them or? I don't, I don't, I don't know, know how, how that works. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you don't talk about executing children on your show? No, that no, is absurd. No. We love them kids. No, we do love them kids. We do love, not like that though. Not Jeffrey Epstein loved them oh. kids, but like, like regular good whole American fun. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I don't even know what that means anymore. Yeah, I know. With school shootings, it's a, it's a bad one. Anyway. So we had another topic I want to touch on. You had mentioned that because right now, one of the most trending topics on the internet is the idea of trends. Yes. It is a tough, sticky topic to discuss. Correct. You also mentioned in your thing that one of your closest friends growing up, um, you found out, I think recently, that he is gay. Mm-hmm. He came out, maybe uh, my buddy, his name's Thomas, but we all call him Donut. That's his Xbox Live Gamer tag. Mm. I've known him longer than I've not known him. And the obvious question that everyone has in that situation, I'm sure people have either said it to you or asked you, is if your friend comes out as gay, then people automatically assume or think, maybe not say out loud, will think, if he's your friend, maybe he likes you. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that... Somewhere in the universe, people say that. That's probably they, a they, thing, they right? whisper it, right? Yeah, like you're incapable of being friends with... Oh, my gosh. Where did you find <laughs> this amazing photo? Uh, this, Yeah, this is my Dale Earnhardt Jr. pose right here, by the way. Uh, absolutely not. Like, there's nothing about him or me that... <laughs> it's, that's, it's funny because... Um, like it's it's almost kind of going back to that like can you be friends with women without wanting to fuck them you know and it's like of course absolutely um, and I we we make the joke that he's not gay because he likes men as much as because he hates women you know he grew up with a very we've we've psychoanalyzed it a hundred times him and I um, we talk every day and uh, he grew up with um, without a father in his life his dad passed away when he was very young and his mom was uh, a, a drug addict um, she. You could probably find the story. She robbed like a Payless and a Walmart and a, like a 7-Eleven at gunpoint to get money for crack, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, the whole nine yards, you know? And it's funny that like Walmart isn't the one that got her. It was the Payless. The, really? the Payless is the one that turned her in. That, um, But anyway, so he's not had a lot of strong female leaders in his life either. And his very first like real girlfriend that he had ended up being unfaithful. And it was like all those compounding factors, it's very clear to both him and me why he has turned away from women. He just associates more with men. And, you know, I don't know if he's, I I haven't gotten that far with him as far as like, is he physically attracted to other men? I would assume so. 
Um, he just has no interest in being with a female because of that, which I totally understand, to be fair. Like from from a perspective of, of you know, growing up from a healthy and, and nice family and having a both strong and mother and woman. I'm sorry, both a strong mother and father in my life. I can understand how someone not with without that would turn away, you know, especially from having um, just an abusive and horrible female figure in your life. I can understand that. I thought that was interesting because not not the sociology behind it, but really because I've known a lot of, say, gay people or um, trans people I've associated with, been friends with, etc. But I've never had like a close friend of mine be like all of a sudden be you know like hey, yeah, it was like a switch for him. It yeah. was it, it genuinely was a switch. It's not something that he fought with mm-hmm. for a long time. I think it was just one of those like click moments for some people and it happens differently for other people um some people are born that way i i genuinely believe that like i don't think it's a you know as to why who knows whether it be like a chemical imbalance or it just be how god made you you know whatever you believe in um i don't think that there's anything that can dictate that with science at the at the current level that we have even though you know if you want to get statistically um let's say that you are the only the first child and then you have a you know your parents have a second child and a third child statistically proven that third child is more likely to be gay by really? like, te- like like by a lot. Huh. Very interesting, right? That That's third crazy. child, yeah. Uh-huh. And I don't know if that if that is because of hormones or because of the, like the, who knows. But that is like a it's an actual fact. It's an actual statistic. How long did it take take you to deal with that fact? Was About it what? like instant or just having a close friend? Because again, oh I, man, I've, nothing changed. He's he's definitely one of those like full commit. Like yeah. we grew up on Xbox Live. Uh-huh. We've said the most heinous shit on the internet. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, we used the F word consistently until we were, you know, until like the last couple of years where it's like no longer acceptable. Like, can I say retard on this? Sure. Okay. Like retard, I, I don't think of mentally handicapped people. Um, I that think it's like in the being, gray right now. Yeah, it's, it's still in the gray. It's not completely canceled. Yet. No, no, I want to bring it back. We want to bring it back. Because you, you say you call someone a retard when they're being retarded. You don't yeah. call them to make fun of mentally handicapped people. No, absolutely not. Um, the F word was on that list of, of words, you know, that got canceled. He still he still doesn't care. Even as a gay man, he he still uses it. And a lot of my like close gay friends think it's such a good word. You know, it's like, why are we taking that word away? We don't mean homosexual people yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying just like the word yeah it's a good word yeah. it's <laughs> that's gonna get me in trouble for sure that's but it's a good it's like a, it's a good word um so there was there was nothing changed between him and i as friends it was like an immediate thing so it's like okay cool moving on like you know and the same thing with with um maybe that helped because growing up in high school i had a close friend of mine in high school come out as gay mm. we everybody knew he was the whole nine yards, flamboyant band mm-hmm. class, everything. You know what I'm saying? Like you knew. <laughs> yeah, everyone knew. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one day he came out to me like that. And that is a privilege, by the way. If you've ever had a friend come out to you as gay, that especially like 90s, 2000s era, you know, when it was still like taboo, like that is a privilege to have a friend come out as, as gay. So like I've already had some experience with it. So I wasn't like, I was like, no, of course, you're my friend forever and always. Right. So who cares? The um, other day. I was scrolling through Facebook and I had a neighbor who was that guy in high school, right? That was always hanging out with the girls and was really flamboyant. And we had him pegged as giggity. Yeah, (laughs) that guy, right? We had him pegged. We all knew it. And I don't think anyone denied it. He knew it. It's not officially. You kind of don't ask, don't tell. Exactly. It makes sense. But it was that guy. Like we all know that guy from high school. Yeah. And I found him on Facebook 
and he's married, got a beautiful wife, got kids. Interesting. And I was like, whoa, what? He did the Tom Cruise route. Just randomly popped up my feet. Like, this is not what I remember. So is it, did, is he, is he? I, I, I don't know. Married with children? Married with children. All these pictures. So I was like, what the hell? So I clicked on his Facebook profile and him on vacation with his kids, his wife. They're smiling. They're happy. I was like, huh. Yeah. I wonder. And it got me thinking. I wonder if that was a conscious choice, a life decision choice where you know, I, I am one way, but I want to live a different way or realizing that I'm not who I thought I was. I don't know. I don't know the story behind it. I just thought it was really interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Like you'd almost change your whole life to, to make sure you're not ostracized by because of, of predisposition. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe, I don't know. I, I, I no idea. But I thought that was... Or maybe he was brilliant. He got invited to all the girls' sleepovers and got to see their tatas. That, yeah, exactly. that guy might be a genius. And then end up marrying the hottest one. Yeah, you should call him and see if he still has the accent. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people say, like a lot of, a lot of my gay friends think yeah. that, they, that the other gay guys that they know yeah. fake the accent, the yeah. lisp. And I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> that is so, that's such a power play. Yeah, he had that. He had all of it. But now married, multiple kids, super happy. He could swing both ways. You could, yeah, you can absolutely be by. That's true. And, you know, I think it's not fair, though, to the person that you're with to do that. Like, I, I'm not going to say his name, but um, one of the people that I use for a lot of legal stuff, mm-hmm. he, family, wife and kids, owns multiple businesses, um, was caught having an affair with a man. Mm. And now he's going through a divorce and all that. And happy for him that he's coming out. He's finally accepting the fact that he's gay. He's willing to, hopefully everyone else around him will accept that. That is that is great. Fantastic to you. I want nothing but people to be happy. However, it's not fair to the family that you've raised. It's not fair to your wife or ex-wife or your children that you have, I, I don't want to say ruined their lives, but like now you've uprooted their whole lives because you weren't comfortable enough to do that. And I think that there's a big part of being accepted um, now society, it's more accepting to be gay. I mean, it depends on where you live. We live in the South, and I still see tons of people who are it's proud to be gay, which is awesome. Atlanta. Atlanta's a huge one, right? Atlanta's a huge pride area, and I think that's fine. I think that's great, but also not being able to come to terms with that before it's too late. Like maybe your friend. Maybe your friend didn't come to terms with it, and a couple years from now, he's going to be like, I'm fucking gay, and he's going to have ruined his whole family, you know? 20 years later. Yeah, 20 years later, he's, I'm actually fucking gay, and it's like, we know, why did you do this? Why did you do this whole elaborate, put on a show, you know, and ruin ruin these other people's lives? I think I think that's a double-edged sword as well. Because right now, one of the trending stories is... Um, bring up the Mr. Beast. Yes. Yes, is that what you're going to bring yeah. up? Yeah, I was trending. Hoping you'd bring that, I hope you'd bring that up. And Chris from Mr. Beast, which is, I mean, if Mr. Beast is the biggest YouTuber in the world, Chris from Mr. Beast Top 10, most recognizable. Yeah. Right? Just from being associated just with... being on camera. Just being there. Just as many views as Mr. Beast does. And he had he came out as trans. Now he is a she. He's going through the hormone replacement therapy. He has a wife, has or had a wife, has a kid. It's detrimental, dude. It's and I think that's the toughest part. Absolutely. That's not fair to them. It's not fair to the wife and kid. And especially to the kid. I feel bad for them. Absolutely. And it's because it's like now I've I've lost my father who's been present my whole life. Now I have to change, especially with that kid being very young and impressionable, you know. You know, and when I hear stories like that, I'm like, damn, he's like he's successful in his own route. Right. He has a loving, beautiful family. Uh, We've seen pictures of them on the Internet. You know. It's almost like 
even if you felt this way, if you want to be the best dad possible, maybe you should just suck it up. Until the kid's old enough? Until the kid's old enough. I mean, that's your fault. That's your decision, right? Like, you, you've, you've put yourself in the scenario, and now you have to eat it, you know? At least I, I assume they've had a conversation. Him and his wife had a conversation about it. Like, hey, honey, yeah. ac- actually, um, you're a sisters, lesbian. you know, like whatever, <laughs> what, whatever the situation may be. Uh, but to like, ah, it's such a tough, it's such a tough place to be. Because I want, at the end of the day, I think everybody has a right to happiness, right? Correct. It doesn't matter if you want boobs or not, or you know, whatever makes you happy. I think you have the right to that, as long as it doesn't negatively impact other people around you. But this is that now gray it's, area. Now it's negatively impacting the people around you. So I kind of wonder, does that put him in a, a liable position for being sued maybe? You know, like you've lied to your, not necessarily lied to your partner. That's a hard one. Um, but you certainly haven't been truthful. Have you been a woman this whole time we've been together? Or is this all of a sudden it's a snap decision? Is someone grooming you into this? Were you groomed? Was this, you know, you know and what I'm if saying? You, if you make this, if it's a snap decision, could you make the decision back? So, like, that's the problem, right? Like, I was talking about this very briefly on that shitty video you had of mine. <laughs> where, uh, Amazing video. The transition period is, it's almost unreturnable. Like, you start going through hormone replacement surgery, or, or treatment, sorry, and you pump your body full of estrogen and you kill the testosterone receptors. Um, it, is, it is destructive to the male body, you know? It's, it's almost impossible to recover from that. So you have a lot of people who've transitioned because they've been groomed at an early age, and they transitioned at an early age. So this is a hot topic now, too, talking about children having the right to hormone replacement treatment. And um, they can't transition back. Or if they do, it's, it's, it's their body's ruined. Their natural body, the natural order of things is ruined. And um, they can't transition back, which not, I think the statistic that I used, I think it was like 40% of suicides by, tra- by trans people does not change after transitioning. It is steady. You mentioned something that I thought was interesting. You said you know people that have transitioned and not officially transitioned. And that people that have transitioned, their quality of life doesn't improve. No, it doesn't. Over the people that haven't transitioned yet. It, it, from what I've seen, with I would say probably 10, 10 individuals in my life. And I will say that there there is one, I have a friend, and I'm, I, I won't use names, but a buddy of mine, he's her, she's really, she now. Um, she was always into tactical stuff as a male, like very cool, like, like the plate carriers. I don't want to call it role playing, but you know, you, you dress up as like a soldier and you, you go out and you train tactically and you, you, you run drills and whatnot. Um, she as a, he was always really into that. And that has not changed for her as she has transitioned. I believe that she does the hormone, um, still does the kidding, still does the, the trial and has a girlfriend, even as a she. And um, I think that's a respectable way to have done it, where you don't have any established relationships in your life, you know, and you're still able to do the things that you love. It's it's the people that go from one way to another, like this guy from Mr. Beast, Chris, um, where you all of a sudden 180, your personality is completely different. You're the things you value are different, your attitude, your style. I think that is when it starts to kind of pose maybe a mental health issue, right? When you, um, this is who I am, this is who I always be, but now I'm a girl. Or uh, that guy, I don't know who that guy is. He's dead. I am her now. Very, very different. I find it concerning or kind of weird that so many people are so caught up and find their so sexual orientation so important about 
who they are as a person, it's my their identity. identity. You know, like if you are a straight male, you don't go around telling people I'm a straight male. It's nice to meet you. I'm I'm also a straight male. You just live your life. It doesn't matter. I don't care if you're gay or if you like dogs or if you like whatever. Right? You do whoever the fuck you. As want. long as you're not hurting dogs. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you don't have like a a dog fuck pen in the back, I think we're all yeah. straight. Be whoever the fuck you want to be. But there are certain group of people now that their entire identity is around their sexual orientation, which I find weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't get it. I don't get why it's like you meet someone that like, they need to know what my sexual preferences are. Like, I, ha- I have my pronouns in my bio on yeah, my like Instagram why? page. <laughs> I am a she, her. <laughs> why? I'm a, I'm a Zimzer. You know, those are the crazy <laughs> ones to me. Like he, she, fine. Zim, Zer, helicopter, whatever. I, it's ridiculous. I mean, if you look like a man, you sound like a man, you live your life like a man, I don't think you need to tell me that you're a he, him. Right. I, I'll assume it. I'm good. And that's fine. <laughs> I know? think that's absolutely fine to assume because based off your... it's Why is it your fault when yeah. you assume incorrectly? It's like they get... I hate this generalized group of people, but there's a group of people that get really pissed when you call them the wrong pronoun. I'm okay. I'll call you whatever you want. Like, but that doesn't dictate the science behind it. And that's what people are trying to change. You're trying to change gender identity from one to two, three. If you're in, was it androgyny or whatever, where you have both. I, for, I don't, I don't want to get the, the name incorrect. We have actually, I don't know if you want to Google that one. Yeah. I don't know about Googling. <laughs> What's it when you have a penis and a vagina, but they're, they, those do, those people do exist. It's a very, very small percentage small. of the population, but they, they deserve to be recognized because it's scientific, right? Outside of, um, you know, if, if, you're, if you were to go tomorrow, I'm a woman. You can't have a kid. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I was at, maybe a couple months ago, I was at Costco. And um, they were checking me out. And, uh, you know, I, I said, oh, thank you, ma'am. And she was like, oh. And I looked up. I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. And she looked kind of like a woman, but maybe not really. But she was really offended that I said that. Yeah. Did this you is, did you get on your hands and knees and apologize? This is the South. This is what you say to women. Howdy, y'all. Yeah. Sorry, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Ma'am, can I get this right? This is how the this is what I loved about the South that people were very respectful. You know, yes, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Like this is what people did here. You go to Waffle House, she's gonna say, "What do you want, sweetie? <laughs> hey, darling, what can I get you?" Right. That's a part of life here, and I don't. I never thought that was weird or wrong or. People were misgendering people or being a racist or whatever. Like, it's just, it's being polite. Yeah. But she looked at me like I did. I was the worst person in the world. And you just spit in her face. That's exactly the look she had. And my wife was like, <laughs> you know, like, just, just, just let just, it, let it go. Just move on. Just, just move let, on. It's not worth fighting. And you said Costco. Yeah, Costco. It's, it's not worth the fight here it in Costco. It wasn't worth it. You don't want to be on YouTube tomorrow. Yeah. But it was, it was Bigot a big Kim tells, <laughs> <laughs> check out cashier that she is a man. Yeah. It was really awkward for me. I didn't mean any offense um, at all, but she put me in a really weird, awkward, difficult situation because, again, she helped, she scanned some stuff. I just said, thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. Fuck. Who knew that was a bad Dude, thing to say? I know. Can you? Why? <laughs> it's like it's being offended is really the weirdest concept. It's the only thing that you do to somebody. Like something happens to them and they expect you to fix it. Yeah. Like I wouldn't get mad at you the fact that I'm hungry. I'm like, hey, dude. I'm fucking hungry. You wouldn't be like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, it'd be like, that's that's on you. You should have ate before you came, you know? Eat something. Yeah. I'm offended. Why do I have to do something about it? Sorry? It, it's a hard one. 
I had that happen at a gun range recently. Really? Yeah, I was um, one of the one of the individuals who was behind the counter of the gun range. Um, I referred to as a she, and then quickly she didn't he didn't freak out. She identifies as a he. He did not freak out. He was like, "Cool, no big deal, whatever." And then one of the other employees was like, "Hey, hey, hey, hey," she prefers he, and I was like. My apologies. So for the rest of the conversation, it was, yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Have a good day, man. Pleasure to meet you. You know, that's why I use like, like, um, non, non-binary, <laughs> like dude, dude is non-binary. Is in my, yeah. I call my girl dude all the time. I was like, dude, shut up. You know? So until like, it's not. Yeah. And some people don't think it is. I think that like dude and bro, those are both, you know, those are, those are non-binary terms. They're coming after you eventually. You yeah. can't say those anymore. Yeah. Eventually there's going to be a whole, whole list of like 500 pronouns that we have to use. And if we get them wrong, we'll be executed publicly by a bunch of purple hair people. Blue haired sheepdogs. Blue haired sheep. Exactly. My blue haired sheepdogs. <laughs> you see how that word works? Yeah, I like that. I like, I like it. It's a, it's a good blanket sweep for woke individuals. And that's the thing, right? Like we, we, before we started recording, we talked about comedy, right? And the idea that cancel culture is killing comedy. It is. It's not. People used to understand a joke as a joke. Right. And you can make jokes at the expense of others and it's still funny. You can make a racist joke. You can make a sexist joke. You can make a fat joke. Those are all my favorites. They're just jokes. These are the funniest ones. Yeah. The ones that make observations on these segments of society. This is the, this is the funniest stuff out there. That's what all the 90s comedies were. Right. right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Putting yeah. all the obvious things out. Like Eddie Murphy, Dave Chappelle. Man, Dave Chappelle has so many good both side bits. Correct. You know, very fair. And now, it's tough, man. It's not the same as it used to be. It's coming back. I, I'm a firm Trying believer. To. Yeah, this is what I was saying earlier about Shane Gillis is that like he is, he will help revive comedy because like he was canceled by woke culture for I think actually, if we're gonna be honest, he said a racial term towards Asians. I think that's what got him canceled from Saturday Night Live. Do you hate him because of that? Mm-mm. Yeah, it, I mean, I think it was in kind of like a, a. I don't think it was a mean spirited way anyway. But like, even if it was the other way around and he was making fun of white guys, I'd be like, that's funny as shit, dude. Like, you can't hurt my feelings, and I don't think anybody should take that, um, as as like a way to. It's yeah. What you're saying is that comedy is untouchable, in my opinion. Because I'm, I guess I'm kind of an extremist in that. I truly believe in freedom of speech, right? You're allowed to believe whatever you want. You're allowed to say whatever you want. And if it offends someone, I think you're still allowed to say it. I think the idea of racism in this country is that there should be no racist laws, that you can't divide the country based on maybe where you're from or who you are or what you believe, et cetera. The laws must be fair. But the people, if you want to be racist, be a fucking racist. As long as there's no laws prohibiting you from living your life. I think... I think that's okay, you know? So if someone's a fucking racist and they hate Asian people, like, I don't know. That I doesn't bother you me. yourself. Yeah. That's very good. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. You know? Um, I think that's okay. I think people are people. Bad people are bad people. Good people are pe- good people. If you say you can't be a racist, then they're going to be something else. You know? It's just their outlet of being a bad person. You'll never take away their ability to be a bad person. Yeah. If anything, you let people say whatever they want and you let the people who disagree try to change their mind and eventually the good ideas, the great ideas rise to the top. Right. So I think that's the concerning part for me is that they are so trying to make everything one way. They want everyone to believe the same thing. And I don't think that's a good thing. You know, I think having deferring ideas, even if they're wrong is important. Let people that are wrong be wrong. It's okay. Yeah. Let them be wrong loudly. Yeah. 
Because eventually people are like, oh, that guy's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I, 100%. Like imagine, imagine if you're walking down the street in, let's say, a, a busy, a busy uh, city like Atlanta, and there was a big sign on the front of the business that said, whites only. That business, not only would it get zero business in Atlanta, it would get burned to the fucking ground. Let racists be really loud and racist and let them get weeded out naturally. Because now everyone's so worried about not being racist, but getting canceled. Like, you know, a bunch. Of <laughs> it's such a weird backwards way. It's like, well, I don't want to be racist because not because I'm racist, but because I don't want to get canceled. You know, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. You know, let, let racist and dumb people be as loud as they want to be and let them group up and natural selection will take them out naturally. You know what I'm saying? Because I've, you know, I'm obviously I'm, I'm Asian, I'm Korean American. Um, I was born in this country. I've lived in the um, United States my entire life. And I can 100% say that racism now versus racism 20 years ago, not even close. In which aspect? Meaning we are so much better off okay. than we've ever been. Uh, when I was in high school, I'm going to say I could feel it. That it was, you know, I went to like a really all white high school. It was a little bit harder. I don't feel that way at all. I feel like I'm an American. I feel like I belong here. I feel like I have every opportunity to do whatever I want. And when people say that it's not, like, go to another country, man. You'll see what racism really looks like. Yes. America is the least racist country by far. Because we have the most races. Yeah. You know, if you go to Germany, it's nothing but white people. You go to Africa, it's not It's not a bunch of dudes like me or you. No. You know, it's it's a bunch of like-minded and similar-looking individuals. So racism is actually much worse. You see a lot less of that. But here in Atlanta, you'll find black, white, Hispanic, Muslim, Indian. It's it's such a conglomerate of a bunch of different people that uh, at a young age, I think a lot of people are exposed to it, which is good culture. When we were young, they used to use this term a lot, which I don't hear anymore. They used to use this term that America is a melting pot. Remember that word? I could see that word, Remember? melting pot. They say America is a melting pot where all these different cultures are able to come and merge together. And, you know, and that was the great thing about America. They never use that term anymore. It's completely mm-hmm. disappeared. No, it's, they're changing the narrative. Now it's everyone's divided. Everyone is, you know, this is your way. And it's almost like YouTube, right? Where everyone's put into a niche of who they are. Everyone stay in your lane. This That's is what it, you're supposed yes. to be. This is what you're supposed to do. And I, I want to know... What to get, what I can expect from you. So don't differ. Yeah, I, I think if, if you read the manifesto, they talk about one of the best ways to uh, conquer a nation is to divide the nation. You separate them into groups and microgroups, which if, if you really want to go conspiracy theorist, you could say that, you know, why there's a bunch of different genders is because you weren't separating white people enough. So what do they need to do? They need a bunch of micro genders. Oh, they need a bunch of micro associations so they can fit into their own little groups. And it's really pinning different groups of people, whether it be black, white, Asian, and then you have, you split those groups into multiple little groups. Oh, well, I'm, I'm a, I'm a black gay, uh, helicopter, or I'm a, I'm a yellow, purple, orange, uh, blah, blah, blah. You separate them into microgroups and they micro accessor or, um, associate with each other. It's a lot easier to attack a group of people if they're divided. Well, they're not on our team. I don't defend those people. You know, we always, I always make the analogy that, you know, there is, everyone is here. And every, they're trying to fight everyone. But really, the enemy is the small group of people up here. The elites. The elites. There is poor, there is middle class, there is rich, and then there's everyone. And there's these guys. And rich think that they're there, but yeah. they're not. No, it's all the same. We're all fighting each other, but really, we're all on the same team. 
And who do you, do you have any theories about who these are? Are these like the Rothschilds? Are these like the Clintons? Or are those people working in control for the, for the people? You know, like Correct. is Hillary a lizard person or is she just working for the lizard people? I think they serve the lizard people. Mm. I think the people who are truly in charge, think about it, how rich they must be. And if you're really that wealthy, what do you pay for? when? If you go to an exclusive restaurant or a club and you get a you know, quiet section, you pre, you you're paying for exclusivity and privacy. Mm-hmm. If you're the richest people in the world, what's most important? Your privacy. Yeah. You don't know who they are. If you're worth five hundred trillion dollars. Yeah, I don't want people to know that I'm worth five hundred trillion dollars. No. Like, you think you're Jeff Bezos goes to the Atlanta airport and flies out of Delta? No, you don't right? want to be with the regular people. You, you don't, don't want, want to be them with to the peasants, the fucking poor's. There is a group of people out there that we don't, and that's the hardest part, right? How do you fight an enemy when you don't even know who the enemy is? But in the meantime, we spend all of our time fighting one another. You know, oh, you're a racist. You're a sexist. You're a misogynist. You're transphobic. You're heterophobic. You're homophobic. Put words and labels on all of it. And really, like, we're fighting over nothing. You know, like as long as you accept people for who they are, let people live their lives and uh, understand that the people that are trying to control you, they're really the people that are that we're all fighting against. I don't know. It's crazy stuff. These well, it's days, like, you know? yeah, I know. I 100 percent agree with that. It's just trying to figure out who and people are going to look at us like we're crazy. You know, like <laughs> like you believe you really believe that there's lizard people like I'm not necessarily a lizard person. I don't. That's a cool concept if there is. But like. That's just a general term. I think Alex Jones uses the term demons. There are a bunch of demons in Washington. They're coming for us. They're coming for your guns. They're coming to the frogs. Yay. You know? Satan worshipers. Yeah, Satan uh-huh. worshipers. Uh-huh. Is that as simple as, um, is it actually a conglomerate? Is it like a handful of people? You know? I don't know. And I feel like if you were ever to figure it out, you would not live to tell a story. No, for sure. You'd be killed in a tunnel somewhere, like Princess Diane or whatever. Or like Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. You know, he knew. Maybe he knew. So like maybe he had access. Yeah, maybe his his pedophile island, which is a hot word. I want to use that. Uh, maybe his his children loving island. That's <laughs> is that better? Most, I, think that's the, I think that's the more, that's what they're, that's the term now is uh, minor attracted. That's, that's, that's the new. That's fucking crazy that they're even redefining that. That is, that is the agenda is to push normalizing pedophilia. That's that is 100%. That is 100% the agenda is to normalize pedophi- pedophilia because it, it's very clear. If you look at the list of Jepstein's Island, Jepstein's Island, which we don't have the entire list yet, which is fucking crazy. Crazy. Um, that, you know, there. if you have all these celebrities, these politicians who are going to this island to have sex with children, why wouldn't you try to normalize that so you're not ostracized by the rest of your community who recognizes that it's fucking wrong? So that kind of goes back to my original thought is that they're not changing the narrative to to change and negatively impact the world. They are changing the narrative to make what they do and what their families do more socially acceptable. Exactly. Which exactly. is crazy. So it's really self-serving. It's selfish because they don't want to be perceived another way. Instead of change who they are or change the environment around them, they'd rather just change the world. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I'd rather make the world fit me. I have the money and the power, yeah. you know, Maybe it's people. No, anyway, that's gonna, that's gonna get way too tinfoil hat. I'll leave that alone. Were you? Because 
some argue that I'm a conspiracy theorist, right? And some, I remember one guy left a comment and said, Matt, your podcast can never get big because you're too much of a conspiracy theorist. And, and that's what you're, you just hammer it home to. And I said, fuck it, whatever. You know, yeah. that's what I think. Were you always this way? Uh, yeah. So like, not to the extent that I am now, like now I'm like, I'm knuckles deep in it. Yeah. When I was a kid, it's funny because I grew up in a, I would say a relatively conservative household. My parents were never Republican or Democrat. They were very kind of in the middle. They didn't like, really, they didn't really like guns. They still kind of don't really like guns, you know? Um, but I was always like pro gun for the people, whatnot. And that, that was like, they're coming for our guns. That was my first conspiracy. We're not coming for your guns or who, who was, who was president when I was a kid? Bush. Man, we're not we're not coming for your guns, you know, but like that was my big they're coming for our guns, you know, and now it's like, oh, shit, this is a lot more. This is a lot more than just guns. You know, it's a lot more than just guns They're coming for everything. What do you think it was that kind of made you switch to like, OK, I kind of believe this stuff to, um, you know, like, oh, shit, like this is part of my life now. I think just having a vastly different opinion than some people like I think one on one, I can probably even if you and I had, we have a lot of similar opinions on things, but even if you and I were like missing the nail on the head, we would sit down, have a discussion and still be friends at the end of the day. I think when I started losing friends to political opinions that hadn't even talked to me about them, that's when I started realizing I was like, okay, there, there's probably an agenda here because a lot of people will have these, these massively strong opinions about certain things and have no idea as to why they believe them. It's like, why do you believe that? Well, you know, like, a good one is Trump, right? I don't think Trump is awesome, you know, or anything like that, but I don't think he's a vile person like people want him to be. People want him to be a bigoted, racist, uh, rapist. And I just I just don't see that particularly. I'm not, again, not saying that he's awesome. I'm not a Trump supporter, but um, I, just, I just don't see that. But then you have people, I try to talk to him. I'm like, why don't you like Trump? You're like, well, he's, 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 a, a, racist. he's a racist. When? When did he say racist things? And it's like, that's when it gets shut down. It's yeah. like well, the internet... I, the internet CNN told, told me, me, yeah, CNN told me that yeah. he's racist, and that's all the information that I need. And it goes both ways. You can say stupid things from Fox too, like Fox. You remember? Um, I think under Trump's administration was like the first. He was like the first president to institute gun laws in a minute. Like Obama tried, couldn't get any gun laws passed. Trump, the the right winger, is the one that got bump stocks passed. You know, and that whole thing. And even for a minute, like Fox News was like, we need to ban these bump stocks. I'm like, who the <laughs> fuck are you guys? You guys are voting for the wrong team, dude. Yeah. So then that was that was that was in, in passing of the biggest shooting that we'd had in America, which was the Las Vegas shooting, which, by the way, he fired supposedly at a bump. He was apparently fired like 20 some odd AR-15s. Well, I'm sure you can pull up the statistics on this. Uh, he fired like 20 some odd AR-15s with 30 to 60 round magazines at an unbelievable rate of fire that they compared to, I think, an M240. This is going to get me killed. I'm going to get I'm going to get Epstein <laughs> after this for sure. Um, but like one of the biggest mass shootings in history, then immediately bump stocks were banned when like there was zero proof that he'd had that kind of equipment. It's just ridiculous. There was some recent news about him and that story and something about, um, well, see if you can find out what the Front newest only. newest update on uh, this was. They were doing, the FBI came out and said something um, about who he was working with or it was something crazy about him. I forget what it was. No motive by the way, carried up all the guns up to his hotel room by himself, by himself uh-huh. with thousands of rounds of ammunition. Like sometimes these stories come out and they just don't make logical sense. No. At all. But they swear this is exactly how it happened. Mm-hmm. And if you ask questions, you're a fucking racist. 
yeah. which is like the worst. And that not, nothing mm. makes me believe the opposite more than if you call me a racist for believing it. Because I don't know what that's like has the quickest way to get you canceled. <laughs> yeah, you're racist. Therefore, the rest of your opinions do not matter. That's that's exactly how they painted it. Yeah, the high stakes gambler who carried out deadliest mass shooting in modern America, killing 16 injuring hundreds more in Las Vegas, was apparently angry over how the casinos were treating him, despite his high roller status. That's the new narrative, right? Yeah, there. I lost a bunch of. Oh, you know the the casinos. They didn't do a good job. Therefore, all these people down here. Mm-hmm. Are gonna die. Believe that stress caused him to snap. There's videos and they're hard to find, but there are videos showing a second muzzle flash and a third muzzle flash. They're saying that there might have been two or three shooters from different windows, and like the the cyclical rate of fire is not consistent with that. You can listen. It's it's tragic, by the way. I don't recommend people looking it up. It'll put you on a list. But like the cyclical rate of fire does not match that of a bump stock. You can listen to bump stock fire videos all day long on YouTube, and they're just not consistent. It's it's more consistent in line with a belt-fed fully auto machine gun, the M240 Bravo. It is almost perfectly in line with that gun. Which that's not he the didn't gun have. they found. No, that's not the guns they found. Well, doesn't mean he didn't have it. It's just not the ones they told you they found. Right. And if they did, it's belt-fed, so there would be ammo links that involve the belt. Um, they would have found am- ammo links. And I think the M240, is that 556 or 762? It might be 308. I can't. I cannot remember. Um, I don't remember my machine guns, but yeah, it's just not consistent with anything is the story that they're painting, you know, and then immediately after that bump stocks are banned. Yeah. Under Trump's administration, a, a pro gun right wing celebrity or sorry, celebrity, okay, po- politician. I'll take that. Yeah. I mean, the reason I like Trump is because he's the only president I can think of that was like, fuck the establishment. Mm-hmm. I don't care if he did it or not. He was the only one willing to at least acknowledge it. Yeah, and he talked shit the whole time, too. I miss the memes. Yeah. 100%. I, I miss the mean tweets. Dude, God, those were so funny. You know, and I like the fact that at least we knew he was the right one writing his own tweets. Mm-hmm. There was something There's genuine no and honest about it. But yeah. it's obviously not There's no way tweets. he knows how to use a phone, dude. No, no, no. He's not writing these three-page tweets. He's just not, right? Yeah. But there's something about him being the guy that said what he was thinking that there was just something so honest about that that I really appreciated. And in the era of fake news, in the era of all narrative-driven, all propaganda, having the guy that just kind of says how it is, yeah. I don't know. That's For me, that's good enough. And, you know, that's, that's, that's excellent to hear from... Um, I'm going to use the word minority yeah. here because you're obviously you said mm-hmm. you're Korean yeah. and you're not a straight white male, no. you know? So <laughs> no. it's, it's interesting to hear you as a pro Trump supporter come out, which is, are, are you, do you say you're pro Trump or you're just, okay. Um, it's, that's interesting to hear because like a lot of people love to paint that racist mm. narrative. You know, I can't believe I was given a MAGA hat mm. by an Asian man at a, um, at a want to go fast. Okay. He had an H1 Hummer, uh-huh. a red H1. I'll never forget it. H1 H, red H1 Hummer. And he was passing them out like candy to people. <laughs> I didn't have one. I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll take one. Yeah. <laughs> fucking hilarious. So that's, that's interesting to see. Like I would say the minority support from all people now, like the Hodge twins, they've come out and they're like, they're like, man, Trump. And this how they tell yeah. man, Trump ain't racist. You know, it's, <laughs> it's funny as shit. Yeah. I think it's interesting because again, I'm more than Republican Democrat. I am, Anti-establishment. I oh. am against the government trying to control the way we live our lives. My guy. I am more, if anything, libertarian. 
than yeah. everything else. I think the government should not intervene in our lives. I think there's their role is to maybe manage the country, not rule the country. And they should be there to help fix problems, not dictate how we live our lives. Yeah. And I think the federal government especially is overreaching. I think we should give more power to local government, let people make decisions based on where they live that actually impacts our lives. I would rather pay more tax locally and less tax federally. I don't want my tax money federally to go building trees in, in San Francisco. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Give my money back. But if you said you were going to build roads in Georgia, take my money. Yeah. Amazing. Absolutely. Amazing. The trip to get here was miserable. Absolutely. Money needs to go to the roads. ASAP. I would love it for more local government, less federal government. And when Trump said, fuck the establishment, these guys are lying. They're taking advantage of you. I was like, I like that. Yeah. You know, that's good enough for me because everyone else, the Bushes, the Clintons, the Obamas, they're all the same group. In my book, I think the Bushes, Clintons, and, and Obamas are the same group of people, right? Um, this is the only guy I've ever seen that was different. Yeah. And I like that. I just like people that are go against the grain, you know? And I feel like he at least was telling me the truth, you know? And I just, I'm, just, I'm just sick of being lied to. Yeah. And, you know, I think for sure, like, is, is Trump always telling us the truth? Probably not. Maybe his version of the truth, maybe his perspective of the truth. I think that's fair. I think that's a hundred percent fair. Like especially when him and they were on the debate with Hillary. You remember he's talking. Hillary was all like, "Donald Trump uses these, or however she sounds. Yeah, like, she, he uses these loopholes to avoid paying taxes." He's like, "Of course I do. <laughs> all of you and your people use them too." You know, like that was like fucking. Yeah, you know, just the fact that he's willing to admit it. You know, because if it was Biden, he'd be like, "No, I'm not." That would right. be it. Like, well, no, yes, you are. No, you're a racist. Of course I'm not. If anybody's, ra- <laughs> man, it's crazy, like, how they painted Trump as the racist one when there's virtually no f- video evidence of him saying anything racist. And you know what? The crazy argument is that people be like, there's tons of it. I've looked so hard. I've never found a video where Trump is like, you know, I don't like uh, Hispanic people. I think <laughs> they need to stay out. I've never seen anything like that. That's That's just blatant racism. Whereas... There's video clips of Biden literally yeah. saying some of the most racist shit I've ever heard. You remember when he said that like poor kids are just as good as white kids or yeah, something like I was, that? I was like, <laughs> he might not have meant to say that, but that was a Freudian slip if I'd yeah. ever heard one. I think, uh, I, I think after COVID, I think COVID was for me at least the real eye opener, right? Like in the beginning of COVID, I'm like, all right, like I'm gonna try to do the best that I can. I'm gonna try to. Take their word for what it is, because I don't want to hurt or harm the people around me. Because right? that was the, that was what everyone was telling us was that like, if you don't wear a mask, you're killing your friends. Exactly. I don't want to kill my friends. I don't want, I don't to, want to kill my family. I like my family. And if there is a even five percent chance, one percent chance that by me doing what they tell me to do, I can save the people around me. Even if there's one percent chance that's true, like I'll, I'll rather err on the side of caution, right? I'm trying my best to be a, be a good person. And then when you realize that they were lying to you the entire fucking time, that all of it was just lie after lie after lie after lie after lie, cover up after cover up after cover up, and they are unapologetically lying. Mm -hmm. And they lie straight to your face and tell you we're not lying while they lie to you. Mm. I was like, fuck these guys. So do you think think that the lies that we experienced during COVID, whether it be the masks or the mortality rate or the way it spreads, do you think that was genuine misinformation on purpose or do you think that was 
we don't know what we're doing. We're just trying to do the best and we got it wrong. I definitely think it's more on the former than the latter. So I, I think there's a group of people out there that want to do their best, right? Not everyone is evil. But there are, every narrative is driven by a small group of people and it kind of spreads out. I think the people who knew, knew. I always talk about this, the moment that, the aha moment for me, the time that I felt the most pissed off was when Barack Obama had his birthday party. That's had, an interesting pivoting point. He had his birthday party during COVID in Martha's yes. Vineyard yes. when everyone was supposed to stay home. You can't hang out with your friends. You can't do your barbecue where everyone should wear a mask, et cetera, et cetera. And they all flew in on their private jets to Martha's Vineyard. Mm -hmm. All the servants wore their masks and all the powerful people partied their ass off. Maskless? Ma of course. Naturally. Of course. And I was like, what the fuck? They're telling us that we're going to die and we're that this is so deadly that there's so much risk involved that we can't see your loved ones, that you got to stay home. You can't be with your family. But King Obama's birthday party King Obama. <laughs> is fucking important. <laughs> the drone strike master himself. Exactly. You better let me have my birthday party. I'm going to drone strike the shit out of you. And I was like, fuck this guy yeah. and fuck the narrative. This bullshit. Because if anyone knew the truth, mm -hmm. he knew the truth. He's former president. He has an update on if this is really deadly or it's not. If there's a cure or if there's not. If this is really going to spread and knock out entire generations or not. If anyone knew, he has top security clearance to know the truth. He probably knows somebody who knows somebody. And he, knowing all of that information, he decided that his banger of a birthday party was essential. And I was like, fuck this. Fuck. This is bullshit. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, double standard cases like that throughout COVID, especially even, even outside of America. There was a lot of, was it um, Prince, Prince Henry that had... The massive gathering. I think I'm getting that. I think I'm getting that incorrect. But you're right. There was a lot of double standards in that situation for something that had, I think, like a 99.99 percent mortality or survival rate. You know. And it's not to say that it's not real. You know, people did get sick. People did die. Absolutely. And we don't want to discredit that because it's not at all. People people get really offended when you discredit. People die of the flu. The flu Correct. has a very very low mortality rate. Right. But you don't see people going like. We got, we got to stop this flu. We got, we got to wear masks. It's just, if you're predispositioned genetically, overweight, a certain, certain genetic code that's more dispositioned to passing away from, from getting sick, it happens. I know significantly more people over the last three years that have died of um, drug overdose, suicide, yes, heart failure, versus people that have died from actual COVID. Mm -hmm. Actually, I don't know anyone. I don't that, know either. That have died of actual COVID. But every other category of death, I could name forever. Yeah. I had a buddy that came really close, but he thinks it was because he was had walking, is it pneumonia or one of the two? He, he was doing a, a car trip and ended up, there was an exhaust leak in the cab and was basically breathing carbon monoxide constantly throughout this trip. And then he got COVID and he was put on a ventilator, and he had like a 25% chance of living. He did pull out Ben from Gears and Gasoline. Thank you for making it. Um, but uh, he that's why, you know. And that's not even including all the doctors that have physical incentives for like the the, the jab. Have you, have you seen that incentives chart? The uh, 
the insurance chart. Yeah, it's like a hundred some odd dollars per jab per person. Per some jab. some. Do you know any doctors personally? Yeah, yeah. I talked to a few of them, especially when I had my surgery because that's when I caught COVID. Um, most of the doctors were like, "That's bullshit. COVID's bullshit." Yeah, you know. Um, but that's all hearsay. You can't use that as fact. That's just from my personal experience with my own personal doctors. I've had a lot of doctors tell me, number one, don't don't get the shot. They've said that. I mean, a ridiculous amount of doctors have told me that. Um, they've also talked about the idea of how many people that have heart failure these days. Yes. Versus be suddenly died. Exactly, which is crazy. Um, I have a friend who's a doctor in California. He deals in that space. And his something like 700% increase in his patients. 700% increase? Yeah. All amongst young men. So I don't know, man. Like, that's a tough one. That's a tricky one. YouTube does not like it. Yeah, no, I, I wonder, though, if that... So, obviously, it was a big cash grab for, like, P, P Pfizer and, and the other companies. I, um, Moderna is yeah. another big one. It was obviously a big cash grab, right? I wonder if part of that was just poor handling of medical equipment. You know, I wonder if a lot of the deaths were just bad batches um, or if it was intentional. That's a hard one to discern. The, in the intent part is the hard one. Right. Yeah. Because like, how do you what, prove yeah. And also, what do you benefit? What do you benefit from a bunch of people taking your vaccine as a company that makes vaccines to kill off a percentage of your users? That well, if you are a person such as a alleged Bill Gates who believes that there are too many people in the world. He did say that. And that he has invested in the technology that believes in these vaccines. And he has one belief and now he has a delivery mechanism to achieve his goal. One would argue that maybe he was successful, allegedly. But as a joke, but comedian. Is, so the incentive Laugh would be population control. But if we're already experiencing too much depopulation, I don't understand. That, that's what I'm saying. So one school of thought is that they, there's not enough people, and we need to put more people. Mm -hmm. The other argument is that there are too many people for the amount of resources. Therefore, we need less people. Okay. Hmm. So one, Elon Musk believes that we don't have enough kids to fill this whole soccer field because we only have enough for one team. And as the kids get older, you know, we have to get enough kids to replace them so that we can continue to play this game. So we need to constantly have more children play. Okay. The other argument is we don't have enough orange slices. Ah, okay. Back to the orange slice Correct. argument. So in order to distribute those appropriately, we just need to lop off a couple of these people. Correct. That would instead be like the China a, method, right? Instead yeah. of making it eight on eight, let's make it six on six. Okay. Okay. That That's interesting. It's kind of like which side of the knife cuts you. Correct. You know? And they are polarizing ideas and schools of thought. Completely different. Correct. And one side, and I don't know. I don't know who's right, who's wrong. So you, maybe it's just a bunch of rich people with different ideas about what's good for the environment or good mm -hmm. for the world that are going on their own separate agendas, and we are caught in the middle as We're always civilians. in the middle. Yeah. So We're the one, experiment. We're the controlled. One side, you have Elon Musk. The other side, you have Bill Gates, World Economic Forum, World Health Organization, et cetera. Big Pharma. Big Pharma. Et cetera. That's the other side. Yeah. This side's bigger. Oh, yeah, clearly. <laughs> you know, one guy is just the idiot that bought Twitter. The other side, and wants to go to Mars. The other side is everybody. So argumentatively, if that one side is so big, how come it's allowed to let the other side continue? I mean, maybe you need to allow a little bit of discourse in order to make you feel like you have your own ability to make decisions. Like it's all, it's all just a big charade. 
I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no real answer. And the reality is that most people in the middle, maybe even if you know, you don't want to know. Ah, right. Yeah, it's, whole, it's easier to be ignorant than it is to to have an opinion. The whole I know the steak isn't real theory, mm. right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. We, we could sit here and have a million podcasts, but at yeah. the end of the day, we're gonna go home and you know yeah. live our lives normally. Exactly. That's interesting. You know, and maybe that's part of the whole you know taking away the masculinity, taking adding more estrogen into people's diet, let, you know, removing the idea for people to think and free think and um, have in, individual ideas, because then they give you this narrative and you're so sick of all the fighting that whatever the more convenient narrative to believe is, you just accept it because at the end of the day, you can go home and watch some Netflix and you're good. I, mean, I can go I'm home and watch them do it with Dan and I'm good. I'm comfortable. Yeah, I'm comfortable. You know, I got my couch. I got my big screen TV. I got my iPhone. I can watch. I can text and use Instagram while I'm scrolling through YouTube on my iPad while I watch sports on TV. Like life is good. What do I need? Who cares if they're trying to kill us all? Oh, dude, that's <laughs> such a dangerous way to wake up, though, isn't it? Like, all of a sudden you look up and you realize that, like, oh, my TV, my phone doesn't matter because it's all, I didn't have the decision to make that decision anyway. I didn't have the capability. You don't, you don't want, some people just don't want that decision. And some people just don't want to have these thoughts. It's easier. I agree. I'd much rather, to be honest with you, I, thought, I really wish I could sometimes <laughs> because like I'll see something and I'll be like, oh, that's fucked. That's going to yeah. come and bite us in 10 years. That's going to be really bad. You know? And then what? What can I do about it? You know, like what, what I can't go lobby. It doesn't matter if it's all puppet controlled anyway. What, what can I do? And that's what they want you to believe, right? They want you to believe that your vote doesn't matter, that your ideas don't matter, that we control everything anyway. So like, why should you even care? Just enjoy your Netflix and YouTube. Yeah, sit there, sip your juice box, mm -hmm. your soy juice box that yep. we gave you, eat your yep. cricket paste, yep. and be a good little boy or girl or yep. him or her or Zim or Zer, whatever, whatever you feel like. You have all the choices. You can choose whatever gender you want, but don't look past the man behind the curtain. Nope. And do you know what? That, kick, that cricket paste I'm eating kind of tastes like steak. Yeah, it's good enough. <laughs> you know, I don't even really miss steak that much. You know, like, what, what was I even excited about steak for? All this delicious cricket paste? Mmm. And in the meantime, we're all just plugging in. You know? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. And maybe that's just too much because some people say to me a lot, right? Like, Matt, why don't you just, like, do normal shit on the internet? And, <laughs> What's like, normal? You know, just, like... Watch sports? Like, like, just do, like, regular political commentary or talk about, like, cars or do something simple. You know, why do you have to address or speak about these stupid, crazy issues? Because, you know, like you can't do anything about it anyway. And part of me is like, well, you're right. Maybe I can't do anything. And the other part of me is maybe I am doing something by having these conversations. You're just putting a little bit here and there in the back of people's minds. And so that way, when the shit does hit the fan... You got a bunch of Boogaloo boys ready to take action. Is that the idea? Are we creating sleeper cells here? We are building our own army. Yes. <laughs> because I'm like Will, he used to be a pretty like hardcore liberal. And Gross. during COVID, he was like, bro, I wish we didn't have these conversations. Like, fuck. Now, like, I know too much. Now I can't go back. <laughs> oh, it's like, oh, now I'm, I, I got woke from being woke. Exactly. By the now way, I Will, know. I would still love you even if you were liberal. Even if you were like... <laughs> so far leftward swinging we would still be friends <laughs> which is crazy that you know it's like that they've done a good job of separating us it's like you can't be my friend if we're not on the same team which is crazy like what 
people used to be able to be um, liberal, be Democrat, be a Republican, and you go to dinner and you spend the whole dinner fighting about politics. Amazing. Ama- okay. you, you think that's amazing? Well, I hate that. It was because now you don't even go to dinner together. Mm. You know, post on Facebook. Yeah, you're like, oh, you're you're a fucking Republican. I don't want to hang out with you. Oh, you're you're a fucking blue hair sheepdog. I don't want to hang out with you, right? It's become the way where people are so against other people's train of thought, where people don't want to hear the other side, that don't even engage any longer. People just echo chamber to each other. See, that's so bizarre to me because, like, all you have to do to change my mind is prove me that I'm wrong. Yeah. Like, I, I've I I know for a fact I say things that are factually incorrect from time to time. Maybe even several times on this podcast, I can't fact check a hundred percent of everything that comes out of my lips, but. If I'm wrong, I'm so quick to admit it. Like if all someone has to do is present me with evidence or like a different perspective and I'm like, oh shit, mind change just like that. And that's all I ever ask for in Discord is like if if statistically I'm incorrect, show me and I will be on the other team. The willingness to be open-minded. Yeah, yeah. You know, just I think that we need more of that. The ability to have these types of conversations where we touch, I mean, pretty tricky stuff sticky, sensitive topics. Yeah, that's pretty much like the big four that that are, is going on right now, in, yeah. in, at least in America. I honestly don't have perspective much outside of the other world. I know, like, I know France is going through it right now. I've, mm. I've seen, I'm sure you've seen the protests. And what little that we've seen of the Chinese protests, have you mm. seen any of that? Yes. That is gnarly. Everywhere. I think it's a common theme throughout the world right now. There is clearly a group that wants to control a narrative there is clearly a group that is being suppressed that is against the mainstream nat- narrative. And the group that is in control of the narrative, they are winning. For sure. Wh- whoever controls the media is what controls them. They are winning. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they have the people. They have the ideas. They have more people plugged in saying, hmm, these crickets taste like steak. Enough people out there. And I'm not even against eating crickets, to be honest with you. I'd I mean, give it a shot. Have you ever had chocolate-covered crickets? I've never had. They're actually pretty good. Are they? Yeah, it's not bad. I'm not against it. Like, I'm one of those where I'll try anything once. So I've eaten pretty much everything in my life. Okay. Uh, some some things, like, I wouldn't recommend. Yeah. I don't know. For sure. <laughs> like, I'm not an th- oysters guy, you know? <laughs> I'll try anything. I think, um, I think that's just how I am. I'm willing to entertain any idea. I'm willing to have a conversation with literally anybody. And if you can make a compelling case, I'm willing to change my mind. You know, I try to be as open-minded as possible. But I wish more people would sit down and just have open dialogue instead of this is what I believe, this is what you have to believe. Yeah. And since you don't believe what I believe, you're a bad person. It's it's That's what it's down to is that if you don't believe what I believe, you're a bad person. Which isn't like, you know, I have some very... I don't want to call them liberals. I have some very leftward swinging friends that we don't see eye to eye on certain topics, but I understand their perspective. Like the gun argument. I understand why people would not want guns in this world. I I get it. And if you could guarantee me 100% safety and security, I'd probably give up my gun. Mm. But nobody, not even uh, barring God himself coming down from the heavens almighty and being like, give up your AR-15, <laughs> would I be able to be guaranteed of that? You know what I'm saying? So like... I get it. I get why you wouldn't want guns because they're big scary if you've never been around them. But like if you learn about them, they're really not that scary, you know? Figure out how to take them away from the bad guys first. Yeah, absolutely. And then I'm more than willing to give up mine. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm 
I totally believe that there's got to be a better system than what we have in play now. Is it more regulations? Yeah, I'm not really for that. I, like I said, I, or like you said earlier, like very for the people, very libertarian, if you will, like self-governing. If everybody and their grandma had a pistol, there would be no more road rage. I promise you. I, I've made the argument before that there is less road rage in Atlanta than New York. The traffic is almost just as bad, but there's very little road rage here. The reason being is that you never know if the grandma in the 1992 Ford F-150 is strapped or not. She is, by the way. You are not She's barking at her for no reason. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And th there is, there is a, there was a slight uptick in the past, I think, two years. I remember reading about firearm-related, I don't want to say drive-bys, but like firearm-related um, incidences regarding uh, road rage. You know, that's that's going to happen, I think, regardless, you know, because that's people's personalities right there. They're guns in their cars. It's actually absurd now I think about it. But you're right. I think that Georgia is a very relatively safe place because m mostly everybody has a gun here. Correct. Yeah. Or you never know who has one. Yeah. You there can, you go. You that's always assume one. that they do. It's better to, for sure, you know. And because of that, there's less fighting, less violence in the road, less, less random violence. Yeah. You know, versus, say, in New York where... People just come up to your car no matter what. Or people just start fighting fighting in the middle of the street. Like, it's not a thing here. I've never been to New York. What? No, I've never been to New York. Why not? I just have never had the opportunity to present itself. Really? I've, yeah, no one that I've ever known has been like, let's go to New York. You uh -huh. know, I have a lot of friends who've been, but it's one of the, it's one of the cities that I've just never had a particular interest. Like, I think that died when I went to L.A. Mm. Yeah, L.A. is weird. And I just assumed that most major metropolitan cities are like that, excluding Atlanta, ramped with homeless and violence. It's like New York is like downtown Atlanta times 100. Oh, man. But but you get to take like cool pictures at Times Square. <laughs> this has got some incentive. <laughs> that and the pizza, right? And they have good food. Come to New York. Get fucking stabbed. I don't fucking... <laughs> I heard their I, bagels are, are pretty good, too. I used to live out that way. Uh, my whole family was out that way, so I go back often. And I used to love New York. New York under... New York in the 2000s under Rudy Giuliani was amazing. Oh, okay. After 9-11, New York City was probably the safest city in the world. Yeah, that was the last time America got together. Yes. And was like, even if it was a manufactured, I, we, I don't know if we're going to go into the 9-11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Building number seven. Yeah. Oh, World Trade Center. <laughs> yeah. You know, if we, if we anyway, <laughs> that's a different day for sure. Yeah. First, after 9-11, New York City, everyone was looking out for one another. Um, there were police everywhere, and the police are there not to catch you, but to be visibly uh, available so that people feel safe, and you felt safe. We used to walk in the middle of the night, drunk as hell, and no one ever worried about getting jumped or robbed or whatever. Really? Yeah. New York was so safe in the early 2000s. Man. And all of a sudden, it went downhill fast. Now, bro, I wouldn't walk around there at nighttime. No? No way. No, it's not like it used to be before like girls would just get drunk shit faced and walk home yeah no the, i don't think that's a thing now you would not you would definitely not do that now are you is that where you're from yeah okay you born and raised in new york um i lived there probably like 20 years of my life okay so so that's a big that's a big home for you yeah i'm i'm very familiar with it i go back often my family still is out there we go back there often and um it's not the same as it once was i mean prior to the 2000s new york was dangerous and it was peep shows everywhere, and it was dirty, and it was dangerous. 
And then they came in and Giuliani came in and cleaned that place up, kicked everyone out, made laws, laws, break the law, you're fucked, and people are in trouble, and it made everyone stop. Okay. And then it just ran amok again. And now... What do you think caused that? I mean, number one is the idea that you don't, you know, like if you commit a crime that you should be let go, that the police aren't able to do their jobs. Um, the idea of defunding the police was really bad for New York. That's that's very scary. Yeah. Um, New York had, what, 37, 40,000 police and almost a quarter of them all retired early because of the whole thing. Do not blame them. I have a, one of my best friends is a New York City detective and he would say during, especially the height of BLM, is that we are no longer supposed to rush to the crime scene because we don't want to attempt to stop the crime. You, you think, what? Because they used to run red lights and get there as fast as possible, try to stop crime. Okay, so they don't, they don't stop crime anymore. No, now they take their time to get there so that they can fill out a report after they're done. You don't want them to get involved in a bad situation early and create a bigger situation. So you're there to clean up and write a report and he gets really frustrated because sometimes by the time he finishes up his entire report of what he's doing, they're already out of jail. He's like, how are you going to let this perp out that I caught before I even finish my paperwork? That's insane. What incentive is there to work? Yeah. How discouraging is it as a police officer who put, who those guys at NYPD put their lives on the line every single day. It's fucking dangerous. And so anyone that could early retire, they've early retired. They don't want to be a part of it anymore. You don't want to arrest the wrong guy, end up on social media, end up in the news, have your pension taken away, have your your family villainized. Like, why why take that risk? There's zero incentive to do your job correctly. Correct. You know, other than that's a huge risk. I see that. You just show up late, take the report, take the minimum amount of risk, and you may not stop crime, but at least you didn't get fired and lose your pension. You've worked for that's 25 so, years. You don't want to lose a, your pension. It's such a backwards way to have to think about stuff as yeah. a police officer. It's crazy. But they're essentially handcuffed to be that way. And then what happens when you don't stop crime anymore? What do you think the response time is now for a police officer in New York? It takes a long time. I'm sure we can pull that up. What do you bet? I'm going to guess 40 minutes. They used to, He used to run red lights, and they told them, don't run red lights. They've, they've had to go through training to... Um, take punches and get hit to not fight back. So they, they had to actually train to not fight back. That's insane. Like that is imagine, so insane. imagine having your police force train to not fight back. Now I know you're going to want to <laughs> beat him. I know you're going to want to handcuff him and mace him and tell him that he's a bad guy, but you got to just let it go. No, just get hit. That's so ridiculous. To 33 minutes. Jump less from 18 minutes to... 33 minutes. Um, New Orleans, 51 minutes to 146 minutes. Jesus. Imagine waiting for the cops for two and a half hours. Crazy. I mean, that's that's also New Orleans. So, I mean, there's some really bad parts of, of Louisiana for sure. But New York, 18 minutes to 33, doubled. That's insane. And there that's are, insane. what, almost 40,000 police? And there's got to be a, a cop on every corner of every yeah. street, right? There's, I mean, I know it's a grid system. You'd assume that they'd have a pretty solid yeah, everyone, route. everyone patrol, patrols like four blocks, you know? That is that is atrocious. You know, I, I would say, though, like having grown up near and in Atlanta my whole life, basically, mm-hmm. I only took a handful of years when I moved down south to, um, to get my degree. 
law degree, ironically. Really? Yeah. Not not I didn't take the bar, but that's what I was on my way to mm. do when when YouTube miraculously panned <laughs> out, right? I was like, I'm not gonna be a lawyer, I'm gonna be a YouTuber. Um I say that Atlanta has relatively maintained the same as far as like I don't want to say crime. I'm sure I'm sure I'd be incorrect in saying that crime hasn't increased, but overall I've I feel just as safe being in Atlanta mm. as I did before uh when I moved away. Is that because you live outside the city, maybe? I I I didn't spend a whole lot of time either way, but like I would go to Atlanta and I would do the same things that I did as a kid now, whether it be shopping or um, eating, you know, like I'm not, obviously I'm not even, I hate to even say this, like walking around late, like one time, um, a handful of times, uh, my girlfriend and I went to uh, go to like jujitsu tournaments mm. that were in Atlanta and do events like comedy. We saw Joe Rogan in Atlanta mm. and I, I didn't feel uncomfortable. I didn't feel unsafe, you know? Which is crazy. I probably should at certain points, but you know. Have you been to Lennox recently? No, no, I have not. So Lennox, I thought was going really bad. What is this? This crime rate in Atlanta over the past violent crime rate has decreased all the way down to 2018. It looks like, and then a mild spike, then back down. Huh? huh. Who who had office during those those years? <laughs> where it brought where it came down? Yeah, I don't know. The racist. Yeah, the orange man bad. Mm, orange man bad. Where's homicide at? Is homicide the slowly creeping up? All right, let's let's wrap it up right here. Dan, if you wanted to give a word of advice or a final thought to maybe your you hate the word fans, let's call them your viewers, your supporters. Yeah, because like I wouldn't call even though that you've watched a video of mine, I wouldn't call you a fan. I'd call uh, you a I'm friend. A fan. That, no, I, your friend that has watched my content in the same way that I I do with yours. If you were to leave a word of advice for your friends who watch. Buy a gun and a gas mask. That is, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's too preppery. Um, I I would say um, it's all about your intent, you know, like whatever. My, my intent has always been to make sure that the people around me are happy and fulfilled. And uh, that usually means that I'm happy and fulfilled. Um, do what makes you happy and, and don't let the world, the, your perspective of what the world wants change your opinions because um at the end of the day even though i'm not i haven't been super vocal about my opinions throughout the years i've always kept them and uh, i've changed always leave room for change always leave room for um being wrong too i think that's important um gosh i, I wish i had more i'm kind of on the spot I, I love you guys thank you for having me appreciate you yeah i'd love to come back and do this yeah this i would love to have you back, and uh, I think we'll go down a few more rabbit holes next Dude, time. I, I I'll bring some material. <laughs> like yeah. I'll bring some statistics with me. Now, now that like you know book. how we run, yeah. I think uh, I think we definitely need to have you back on. If you guys want to see Dan back on, leave a comment. Otherwise, appreciate you, Dan. Yeah, thank, thank you, you brother. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>